Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? Today, I'm very excited. I have a new, uh, another stranger in the, in the <laughs> that, I, that I'm getting to yeah. meet for the first time. It gets pretty intense to meet someone and have like a really in-depth conversation. I know, we're starting right, I met you like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, like we barely <laughs> talked. Uh, Nathan Gluck, I said it correctly, right? It's, yeah, Gulick. Gulick, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, did I reverse letters there? Yeah, I think I did put... Did you? Yeah, I think I said Gluck, I think yeah. it's Gulick. Yeah, I okay. guess there was a, there was, I've been told there was like a Warhol assistant that was one of his earliest, Nathan Gluck. Okay. That was like, and people always think that I'm like a relation or something. Or oh, okay. If they know of that person. Yeah. Anyway. No, I'm just <laughs> dyslexic. <laughs> cool. Me too. This is, is going to go great. Let me turn um, on my phone. Yeah, no yeah. worries. <laughs> but, but yeah, so you said something about screen conditions. I don't actually know what that specifically yeah. means, so I'm excited to hear <laughs> <laughs> Here hard to this. hard to to say if that's a real th- no uh yeah i guess what i meant can you get a little oh, closer to my oh sorry just move it just move it closer to move you. move it not yeah. me yeah yeah okay or scoot over i'm subservient the to the the machine here yes okay exactly. i will i will speak to road yeah because otherwise it gets <laughs> super echoey no 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 i got you um yeah so i feel uh um like a lot of your guests, I, I'm coming at this like an artist and what I guess what I was, I guess, pitching just to, to say that was, um, you don't got to pitch. It's no, all no, good. No, you know, get, you're know, here, I, man. I know, it's, I know I'm here. I'm in, I'm in. It's now, not like it's, I, I, so I, I can't <laughs> wait for the moment that someone gets me into something that I'm into deep and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, cause that's what Seth used to do like, uh-huh, on uh-huh. the, on the fruit episode. I was like, motherfucker, you're really going to make me listen to you talk about fruit for like, <laughs> but it's a great episode. So I love, I okay. love that. I love like all of that. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm in your hands. No, no, no. Cool. I mean, yeah. So, uh, where where that came from and where I started to think about that is is um I feel like there's a lot of discussion about you know digital or post internet there's a lot of discussion about where we are in terms of um you know algorithms or things like that yeah often bypassing the device that you hold in your hand or the device that this is all coming through which is a digital screen so you're and saying you the focus is mostly on what's happening on the back end rather than the actual product rather than the rather than the thing itself which is a physical device which i think actually sets up a, a set of useful conditions that can be thought about metaphorically or directly in terms of kind of analyzing you know things that have real world effects mm. um so when you say screen conditions, it's not like it's in good shape, the screen. Mm. <laughs> Great looking screen, yeah. no scratches. Um, 
works great. <laughs> no, I, yeah, like I'm selling it on eBay. Yeah. No, I. No, what I mean is, is that is that is that a screen actually has a particular set of conditions around it that that I think you can extrapolate out from. So, um, for example, I. Uh, I guess I, I guess I kind of was thinking about it on the way here, like what what exactly are those conditions, and and I think there's like three major ones. One is a screen is a dependent device, it means it needs to be connected to something mm-hmm. for its you know it's dependent on electrical grid to run. Yeah, it's dependent on that infrastructure. It's dependent on something to feed it content. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an autonomous. Yeah, thing. It's actually just like a conduit in a way. So it's a it's it's dependent or it requires connection. Yeah. Um, two, it has the condition of resolution, which is that, you know, it, it whether it's pixels or LEDs or whatever. There's uh-huh. there's a there's a certain amount of resolution that a, that applies to a screen, and I'm you know gesturing to a screen that is in the room that nobody yeah, can no, see. Yeah, no, but it's a huge screen. But yeah, it's so. a huge screen. <laughs> it's, it's like the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's like right there. <laughs> it's the, I keep apologizing to people no. for owning something that big. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and and right now, it you know, it is showing us an interface of this recording session. Yeah, yeah. In a second, it's going to show us the TV or the news, and yeah. that's kind of the third condition, which is that a screen is inherently changeable. Mm-hmm. But it has to have uh, sufficient resolution or, I guess, sincerity moment to moment. It has to mean it at the time in yeah. order for us to believe it. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to kind of cycle back, if you take a screen, and I and I started thinking about this through photography uh-huh. because that was, is that that you're you're a photographer? Do you identify I, as an artist using photography? What, what? I I mean, that's been the most beguiling part of my process because I take thousands of pictures. I'm, I'm heavily invested in taking pictures, uh-huh. but not necessarily in photography the way yeah, yeah, Josh not, or Seth is. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's an important distinction there because th- this all, this, this really, this line of thought became, came out of, uh, when I was in grad school and I was taking pictures and I was looking for a way to show them, um, printing them immediately seemed like unsatisfying to me to because because and this is because it seemed to take it out of the stream of the technologies that that i was producing them in if you take analog photography it's it's a kind of constellation of technologies you're like a millennial photographer (laughs) comparison Yeah. (laughs) yeah A millennial photographer with too many screens on. It has made a little beep. You probably heard this is my watch, which is not really a watch. It's just a screen. A screen, yeah. A screen that is annoying right now. But um, yeah, uh, a millennial photographer. I mean, I, I, I would own that. No, no, no. I don't mean it in a pejorative. I just mean like generationally, uh-huh. there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. That's why I, when you said right. that that you uh, you felt how you felt about screens instead of printing, I was like, wow, that's like because because right. my generation is a bunch of hipsters that well, like you know yeah. that, that get all nostalgic about analog and whatnot. And I think that's that has to do with the certain with a certain tangibility, and yeah. I think that's. That has to do with the anxiety of of the screen of living on the screen because yeah. because moment to moment, you know, a, a, a screen has a sort of you know like I said it means it at the time whether it's showing you your music player, 
mm-hmm. um, the book, the web page, the photograph. But you know, I mean, to me, whenever I look at something, there's always an anxiety of it because I know it it isn't permanent. Whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas a photograph, even though of course it decays, like it has it has a tangibility. It's always a photograph. It's it always doesn't. A, it's it never plays a, another role. Yeah, it, it's always a photograph. And so the constellation of photog- of technologies around, I think, of analog photography is to produce a fixed unit of photography. Let's say it's the yeah, yeah. it's the negative, then it's the print, and even though a print is inherently multiple and can be repeated, um, you know, it's always going to be that, that yeah, yeah, print. Yeah. You're fixing crystals in one configuration, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. say. So when I was thinking about photography and I wanted to show photography, you know, you're creating, one, you're creating a file, which is more or less fixed code, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. kind of an expression of code. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in it that is really like I, I describe digital photography as more multi-site, okay, as opposed to multi-unit, which means you know it's it's appears on Instagram, it can appear on different screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The printing of a photograph could be a different site, but to me that kind of takes it out of the that that punts it out of the kind of cycle of technologies that is inherent to file-based photography. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is like circulation, you know, um, multi-site, you know, it's, it's so, so I had created, or, or rather I should say my, my, my buddy had created these digital picture frames out of old laptops, which I thought were super fascinating Okay, for a lot of reasons. And this is where this is all, I'm trying to button, <laughs> trying to bring <laughs> yeah. this back around to. I'm following you. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And they were fascinating to me for for a number of reasons, and and they and they ended up being kind of the vehicle for some early photographic exhibitions. One because they kind of folded together a kind of site of distribution and reception at the same thing. Like it was a laptop that had been kind of he had inverted them, mm-hmm. and then he had. It was really interesting his decision. He had put them kind of into like these Aaron Brothers frames. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. The, the, the kind you might find in a domestic. And for people that are in LA, Aaron Brothers is like a frame shop that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like somewhere between like a Joanne Fabrics and a <laughs> or Pearl Art, but it, yeah. with this focus, specific focus on on framing. On framing, yeah, framing. You know, and and that's the right register. It's like it's kind of crafty. It's very homey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he had folded these two things: this kind of technology and this sort of. Mat, matted them in these sort of like very domestic, very standard wood, you know, cheap wood grain frames yeah. to create a condition of looking at a photograph. You know what I mean? It was like, well, if we're going to look at photographs, it has to be through this kind of um, paradigm of analog photography. But at the same time, like it occurred to me that to freeze a photograph on a device that is inherently multiple calls out the function of that device. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess a good way to think about that is like if you're playing music on a speaker, you really think about the music, like you're in the song. But if it's just a constant tone, if it's like boo, like you start to think about the where, device, yeah, the speaker. Where it's coming from, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so what I had done is I had set up kind of four of them and had, for lack of a better term, a slideshow, uh-huh. you know, kind of changeable photograph on one of them and kind of in different intervals. So, you know, it would kind of set up this condition of distrust in my mind. Like 
the idea being that one would hold for a very long time and maybe seem fixed. Mm-hmm. And then another one would change rapidly. So in your mind, you would, you would know that these screen that you, it would call out the function of the screen as a changeable device and that you yeah, couldn't, yeah. you couldn't trust it. Like you could a print, like a print. So the game for you is more of that, like lulling someone into the sense of like, uh, of ex- expectation that it's a fixed image because you're playing with the idea that it is a photograph, but then you're also incorporating the thing that, well, one right. of the things that I found interesting about just the idea of like your friend using those laptops is like, yeah. I mean, what are the chances that porn was looked at on those things? Like oh. all these different yeah. uses that like, exactly. that, that are, that are intrinsic in the fact that like, so it's like, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's no longer just the print. It's like the history of that machine. And then right. uh, presumably it's not new laptops. So it's right. also about antiquated technology and, and, right. and what it's capable of doing. It's interesting. It's an interesting space. Right. And, and, and that's another, so it, it, the screen has to be changeable. Like if, you know, older screens were susceptible to this, but you know, if you held this interface up on this screen on that, we're looking to the right that no one else can see, but if you, it, it, if, if that, that porn can't still be on the laptop or whatever was on those screens before it has to, it has to be sincere in the moment. It has to, 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 to project what it is doing in the moment for you to buy it. But if, you know, if something's burned in or if something's fixed, again, calling out the function of the screen or the conditions around that screen, then, um, then it's, then it's, it's broken and it's no longer believable. Like you no longer buy the, um, the reality that it's setting up in front of you. I mean, resolution is part of that too. Like, um, and I think resolution is an inter- you know cuz cuz resolution in the age of screens as people come get more and more used to screens resolution has its own like like um you know film like bad film grain you can be like oh that was a film from the 70s or something yeah. like you know it's like it has its own semiotic read or or kind of historical read uh-huh. cuz you're right these weren't the sharpest screens and actually that that's so so as a another screen condition that I think is interesting that you can extrapolate out is the idea of resolution. Yeah. Apple, you know, famously has marketed their screens for a few years now as, as retina, yeah, yeah. retina screens, which is just marketing jargon. Yeah. It's just like, right. it's part of your eye. <laughs> well, well, it's not part of your eye. What they mean is that, is that unaided your eye is unable to discern the individual pixels, pixels okay. which means that, which means that, uh, it's beyond our senses. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, so the, the idea, and of course you could, you can quibble if you hold it up to your face, you can see pixels or whatever, but in general, the idea being that it has sufficient resolution to, to exceed the capabilities of our bodies to sense, to sense the, the, the lie, the lie. Exactly. And that's really interesting to me as a concept too. Um, you know, if you extrapolate it out into even like AI or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like if, if, uh, AI or something has, if it's sufficient, has sufficient resolution for us to not be able to detect it's an AI. And, yeah. I, and by resolution, I mean like if you ask it a question. Yeah. The imitation game. The premise, imitation, right. Like, if it exceeds our capability to, if it has sufficient resolution, yeah. you know, does it matter? Does it matter? <laughs> no. Um, and it, it, it well that, and that goes into Definitely. There's, um, you're creating a reality, (laughs) Mm -hmm. essentially, 
There, I mean, there's a there's an upcoming episode that I was going to tie it oh, into, really? but I'm not going to do okay. it. Okay, <laughs> tease it, tease, the... tease it. Well, no, it it just it goes. There's a lot of. I think generationally, there's this thing right now where because everybody has access, and and that's something another another interesting thing mm-hmm. that it goes back to the whole thing of like the Coda Chrome mm-hmm. making making photography accessible to people generally like it's that's just blown up even more right yeah. you, 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 like now everybody is a photographer and the distinction right. between a pro- professional <clears throat> and and an amateur is becoming because to some extent like right um the like even instagram models mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they work in that photography medium but they work it in a different like there's more niches nowadays than there were and there's even more validation for bad photography (laughs) which which but at the same time that's where a lot of the uh what's it what's her name uh well cindy sherman but more uh nikki uh she's the asian photographer that that does similar stuff like where she plays a persona but um, yeah i can't think of it off the top of my head but yeah yeah. you've seen the work though i think right if you've studied sounds familiar yeah yeah um and so all of that really you know is it's interesting how like i mean now we're talking about photography but how that informs how that informs the professionals right because they start to take more like there was a move that came as a direct result of the accessibility of the one-hour photo and all of that mm-hmm. that made professional photographers start to imitate that style. Well, what I think you're talking about is a question of semiotics, which is what looks like a National Geographic photograph, what looks like a snapshot, what looks like you know, street photography. These categories become more and more... First of all, they become more and more defined and i think they become more and more quote unquote accessible because it's it's easier to achieve fidelity that once was you needed a hasselblad or something you needed i mean and it means well, what i'm talking yeah. more more of is like the idea of how okay with fine art photography there was a push mm-hmm. and we got into like maybe the stieglitz and then there was documentary photography sure. and those were all very um niche sort of categories Mm -hmm. but then with the expansion of amateur photography then people started taking bad pictures but stumbling Mm -hmm. accidentally on these really interesting aesthetics that more professional more a fine art photographers started to adopt and i see that what's happening right now there's there's so many hands on cameras Mm -hmm. right now that that vocabulary of what uh, you know, like it's sort of that yeah. thing where you kind of, you, if you draw the same thing every time, or if you take the same photograph every time you get bored of it, something, there's an excitement to the uh, uh, unfamiliar or the, wow, that's kind of ugly, but in this very specific <laughs> yeah. aesthetic way. And so, so I find that interesting, but also the other thing that's interesting is that just people no longer consume ph- photographs. Like I don't have, like if you run into a photograph or a print it's usually came, it was printed before a certain date. Whereas uh-huh. now the whole medium has just changed and it's opened up in, sure. this, in this really um, interesting way, which I'm not even fully, uh, you know, because yeah. I'm not studying photography now. But, um, but like, it, it really is an interesting sort of evolution of this thing that, right. that we, we, you know, when I studied it, 
it was defined. But now that definition is opening up a little bit more. And so that mm-hmm. nostalgia towards like analog and whatnot is becoming less and less relevant. And now the medium is basically... Because a camera is just something that, that lets light in, right? And, right. and then yeah. the sensors and all of that becomes a different thing. But like, for example, when you're studying photography in, in college, mm-hmm. they, they tell you like, you got to actually look at the actual print, right? Right. Instead yeah. of this slide of the print that, or like looking at a photograph in a textbook, it's not the same as actually looking at a print. But now the print doesn't exist. So what happens there, right? Like, can you yeah. see the genuine, uh, is there such a thing as like, because you can always put it on a different resolution screen and it's going to, and that goes out in, a layer of. Of reception. I mean, I think. Yeah. I think the the. I mean, not to. No, no, out. and and I would just yeah. tie that towards like, you know, the idea that the daguerreotype was, um, was like the highest resolution, but it wasn't really accessible to people, and so resolution didn't really matter. Then tint types and calotypes have their own aesthetic to them. So like, yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Like the whole field is changing in ways that that you my professors wouldn't have been able. To really verbalize. Right. And I think, I, I mean, just to go back to what you said about you have to look at the, I think that, look at the print, I think that, because I would, I would say that the, the, first of all, the study, study of photography is, is, is not that old, you know what I yeah. mean? This is all a relatively young idea to study photography, but it occurs to me that the idea that you need to go look at the original print comes out of an anxiety of the knowledge that a photograph can be printed and can be multiple and there's this anxiety around that and kind of a need for it to still have this sort of air or aura uh, of originality you know like in order for it to to still be merit study you know what I mean because I think I think that it doesn't really matter (laughs) in the end if you're talking images and now you know tintype or age or patina is a filter that is applied to an image which just is which just gets you to read it in a certain way yeah you know what i mean it and then and then you know again to go back to whether you know an original or a certain kind of like physical photograph and i think it's like i I always talk about it in terms of morality like is it more moral than digital you know Mm because we always want to it's like you know it's like listening to analog records or, you know, it becomes this model. Um, I read an interesting essay a friend sent to me by uh, Peter Halley called Essence and Model that I've been thinking about a lot where, you know, he talks about cities become models and um, a painting can only be kind of a model of itself, you Mm -hmm. know, after a certain point, you know, it's like New York City is kind of a model of New York City, a model of a certain kind of city at this point. And you kind of, you can buy into it like, or, you know, listening to records, you know, you can kind of buy into that model of. Well, uh, and I think also that applies to the fact that like once something becomes digital and it becomes a file instead of an actual object, Mm -hmm. right. Does that devalue because it seems to have to some extent, like that's why people are nostalgic for vinyl because it's, it's a tangible thing that they own Right. I mean, obviously, there's also sound issues that yeah. I that mean, make you can you can argue that yeah. obviously, yeah. but um, just but the there's a tactile way. experience, right. and even now, like, 
I don't right. know. I don't. I, I'm not that familiar with the photography market, but I'm imagining that people still buy prints. That they're not buying screens or they're not buying individual files to hold into in there. Well, that's. I mean, that's a really interesting thing. I mean, there's an artist named Asha Schechter who sells, you know, USB stick. I mean, he's kind of doing 3D modeling. It's a little different, but, but you, no, you kind but, of you kind yeah. of buy an instance of that piece. You know yeah. what I mean? With the the print. I mean, I, yeah, I have no idea how photographs sell. I mean, there's a lot of value added. I always look, whenever I see a photograph for sale, I always look at the paragraph of kind of value added text. It says like, you know, archival, you know, it's always talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. paper there. I feel like there's a lot of anxiety around. Yeah. And that, it, uh, worth that and, I, and I think that that is an interesting, like sort of thing that's evolving. Right. Sure. Because, um, I do think that there has been an overall devaluing of photography as as an art form in 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 the fact that it is so accessible. Like right, hmm. like for me to go around and say I'm a photographer, it doesn't really mean that much to people that aren't educated in photography. And and to some degree, yeah. that's always been the case. That photography is for photographers, right? That's what they teach you in school <laughs> to really understand uh-huh. an image because a lot of people carry narrative baggage. And they don't understand that a photograph doesn't have a beginning, middle, and an end, and all of that. Hmm. Um, it, hmm. That it's more that that it's more like a poem. Mm. It, it, I mm. think that's uh, what uh, I think that's from that. the Jack Kerouac forward of the um, of Frank uh, Robert Frank's book, The Americans. He says that that it's like it's more akin to uh, a poem. It's lyrical, but it doesn't have the it doesn't have narrative it doesn't hold narrative when people like Hmm. look at an image their tendency is to be like oh this is like the christ figure whatever like i'm just remembering a specific Hmm. example of uh but then we go to school and we're taught that what we can really talk about is only what's in the image right yeah i guess i'd push back a little bit on the idea of narrative because um, you need a sequence for it to be a narrative I don't you know. Can, I don't know. Images. I don't know. I be, because I think a photograph is a temporal object. It it points to a moment that existed. But if you, you know, I I think a really formative moment for me, and I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this, is I my mother once picked up a photo of herself as a child mm-hmm. and started crying. Yeah. And she's you know an adult volunteer. You know, she's in her sixties now. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say her entire narrative flashed in that moment. You know what I mean? But that's not held within the image itself. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) No, no. Like, I mean, this is straight like old school photography theory, which is, I think, um, where, because now iPhones take live pictures. And so they take a a, a short little clip of video. So all of that is changing. I get granted. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, but that's thinking of it very mechanically. And which I which I'm totally you know I get, um, you know whether video is temporal, um, or a photograph which is kind of a, a contemplative medium where you can look at it, you can freeze a moment, right? Yeah. So you know whether a live photograph or a GIF or GIF, uh, GIF GIF. Yeah, it's fine. Which one do you prefer? Care. Which house? What kind of house is this? It's a GIF house. Uh, this is like uh, <laughs> eat some peanut butter and have some GIF. Okay, it's a GIF house. <laughs> no, right, no, so this GIF is. House. But I it, say GIF. But GIF. Okay, GIF. It's a it's G. Like, I'm just. I'm, yeah, but so so okay. So I mean, to go back, you know, a, a still image allows a, a frozen moment, a contemplative moment. I guess I would I would say that contemplation 
is a narrative. You know, again, the famous photograph of, you know, the girl burned by napalm in Vietnam. I mean, there's, there's narrative, uh, 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 in that photograph. I mean, and I guess, I guess what you're talking about is a temporal thing, a time-based thing where it's like, there's a, there's a, like a video or a film, right? Well, no, just narratives have a beginning and and a middle and an end, right? Like they have a starting point, they have a middle. The image is Mm -hmm. just the, is just a slice of a moment. It's just like the way that I was taught, Mm -hmm. uh, the, a, a photograph is what the light looked like at the moment. This is all Gary Winogrand uh, talking and, sure. and, and, the, and this yeah, kind of yeah, mindset, yeah. the documentary style uh, right. photography. And so basically the premise is like, for example, there's a very famous Gary Winogrand image of a, of a nanny holding mm-hmm. a baby. And so there is something suggestive in that photograph mm-hmm. right where her ear her mouth is kind of close to his ear mm-hmm. and there's like a, a, a an implication of the of the um, influence that she has on that baby but we're not getting a story and one of the things that they show mm. you is that like for example it's really hard to tell in a photograph if someone's laughing or crying right and so it doesn't necessarily tell you what was happening. It's not a narrative form unless you have a sequence. You need to have at least two images, in my mm. opinion, to to sort of have this, um, to have a story. Because something, otherwise, it's just an impression of a moment. Now, you can you can deduce things. And so this is like, because I spent, I'm act, this is actually one of the things that I'm really most into, mm-hmm. like writing about photography. I haven't done it sure. in a long time, but it was one of those things that when I figured out I was good at it, I really like enjoyed the, uh, the feedback, the positive feedback from my professors. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but the basic idea is that when you're talking about a photograph, you can really only discuss the things that are happening within that image. Now that's changing. That's why I bring this up. This mm-hmm. is more having to do with that old archaic model. Now with photographs, the you know photographs come with captions, and that's a reality. Yeah. They're, they're, they're at this point, <clears throat> right. they're like the idea that a photograph is expected to stand alone socially. It doesn't anymore. So you can't necessarily say that a photograph is just a photograph because that's not how it used. Yeah. it's used. But if you want to work within the parameters of, you right. know, so like the caption adds <clears throat> right. narrative. I mean, I'm, yeah, and I, and I would come at, I'm, I'm always coming at photographs more from a Barth's way, which is that Barth's? working, Roland Barth's, which, okay. you know, there's a, like the, there's a essay in the, the rhetoric of the image where he talks about the news photograph and the caption Mm-hmm. And the caption, or even text within a photograph, the the text can quicken the read of, it, of an image, yeah. or it can narrow it, or both. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think that working in a photograph is is messages, and I guess I guess I'm hung up on this idea of narrative because I'm I'm th- seeing a lot of. Th- things in a photograph as narrative, even if it is just a still. We might just be on a se- semantic issue, yeah, right? Because um, I think for me, for me, the, and, and that's where I say, like, and again, yeah. this is like what Kerouac was saying about yeah. Robert Frank's work, the, and photography has changed a lot since then. Right. But at the same time, even going back to that thing of like how important captions, and, and, and I, I'm kind of, after thinking about this, I would go back on what I said that, I mean, I think there is something that they are, Linked, yeah. but the caption does change the image, right? And sure. so, which is why journalists, 
uh, used to just basically go out, or photojournalists used to go out and just shoot pictures of things. And then the editor would add the yeah. captions to it, sure. ha- completely independent of what the intention of the image is. Like, oh, I need an image of a school. Sure. Right? And so, so that's all, like, it's all very old uh, or it's uh, not very old, but it's like yeah. it's it's stu- definitely stuffy and definitely a semantic <laughs> thing. But there is it's it, it's sort of getting into like that that photography, um, the history of photography rig- rigor. But one of the things that I find interesting is that one of the old ideas is this idea of um, I think there are some photographs from somebody who I forget his name, but uh, he. <sighs> <laughs> I wish I remembered his name because he's Sorry. important. But yeah, but he, he uh, he's like a British photographer that took pictures and he was used as an example of like how black and white imagery mm-hmm. makes you believe the image more because there's a subconscious right. well, thing that happens. That's the connotation. Yeah, that's, that's the, the connotation. Connotative. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, connotative quality of it. Yeah. Um, whereas slowly... I think we're getting into a point where we just won't trust images at all. And well, so the very yeah. nature of the image is changing. Well, I think, I mean, that's that whole sincerity of the screen in the moment. Does it, it's, it's images that have a funny staying power, even though we know that they're totally faked that, and I think it's, you know, I think just to take black and white as a, as a connotation of documentary or of fidelity or of truth, you know, that may be changing generally generationally as, Oh, definitely. um, although, you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have because those filters are designed on the connotations of photography that we're used to. So, you know, people still add a black and white photo to have a certain look, you know, that that's the whole thing. You just reminded me of an awesome meme (laughs) that that someone's like in the future will people will restore images to take off filters. Sure. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's really funny. I mean, that's not to get too off topic, but you know, again, to take the childhood photograph or the, the physical photo, part of, part of the, the poignancy of that object is the patina as it ages, as the, as the paper substrate ages and, and yellows and things and the chemicals change. So it's like I, my friends are having children and I notice that, you know, they're adding these, cause it, it's, it's, it's like as if the, the digital photograph isn't poignant. It doesn't have, yeah, they're, yeah. they're looking at this picture of their child and they want to imbue this poignancy and yeah. um, it's not the same as the... And they're influenced w- by the, the, the flood of images that they see that have they're influenced filters. By their, they're influenced, yeah. yeah, and generationally they're influenced by pictures of themselves, those, those, those uh, instamatic shots, uh, Polaroids that are yellowed and look, you know, faded. And they add that to their, you know, so these are all, these are all connotations, you know, yeah. that we're adding... I feel like I got off uh, on a little tangent. No, I kind of uh, pulled you off because <laughs> we started talking about photography well, no, itself no, no, and not no, the screens. No, no, no. I mean, but but the, we were kind of like we were talking about the black and white photograph or uh, and it's, the, and it's, the documentary photograph or something. We're, we're, and when we were talking about how um, how people are going to remove that. Oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's the... But to me, to me that's an interesting question because i think we're getting all of these looks i mean the other thing is that is that tech photography is inherently technology technological medium mm-hmm. it's not as if you know tin types all these kind of things black and white photography 
they all came about because of the edges of the technology at the time. They weren't poignant or they weren't, they weren't uh, connotative of fidelity or documentary at the time because they were trying to be. Now we can apply these things. Now we're looking back at, yeah, you know, because we have a certain oh, and 75 to, year, 100 year, whatever. And it goes to like, uh, you know, like leets and things like that in cameras that right. like from the 70s, it goes, right. yeah, the whole right. history of photography is in, is in those filters. Right. And I remember the first time I even started thinking about this, because I actually went for, for, uh, for a couple of years before I switched to film at SVA, I was a photography major and I was doing this thing where I was burning the edges of my frame around all my prints mm-hmm. and my in photog- that old school style, like just, like, you know, that we know where you, you, you show, which is as if to say, and I was doing this, I had this impulse to do it and I'm not, not cropping. This is the, I'm not is, cropping. Yeah, this that's, And that's a very seventies, 60 seventies kind right. of, uh, approach where they're like, I'm just using the camera. Exactly. Yeah. As if that was more moral yeah, than yeah, cropping. Yeah. As if you're not already cropping just by pointing the lens. Exactly. My professor was like, just don't even bother. You know, because like, you know, you're already, you're already subjective by the time you've, you know yeah. what I mean? There's no, nothing more moral about showing that. And it's all, yeah. and that's the first time I started to think about images, even though I didn't have the vocabulary at the time, as just being purely semiotic objects. You know, what does it mean to burn? What, what is the receiver getting by that me burning that you yeah. know to showing the frame implying that it's honest oh i remember what we were talking about we were talking okay. about how images are still honest we we still we still receive them as truth even yeah. though we know they're fake yeah right so that's 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 really fascinating to me and i think that has to do um you know again to go back to the screen um i mean we we kind of need them to be true i mean to me that's like a very poignant want you know yeah. that that you know, even though we know that they're the easiest thing in the world to fake. And, and, again, and most it, people fake them on their Instagram. They fake know, them on like, their Instagram. And, and that's, and that's another kind of screen condition of that kind of in the moment sincerity, because like, just like my professor argued at the time, you know, it's not any more sincere. You're already subjective to, to put the burn around the frame as if, as if to show you didn't crop, you didn't alter your image. Is it any less sincere when we're just talking images to take a palm tree out if I was to take a picture of you and to take this palm tree out if I didn't like it? Because I'm already subjective. I'm already just yeah. in a world of images. I'm already in a world of, in my mind, connotation and also deno- denotation. Yeah. Like what am I, you know, what's the denotative meaning of this image that I'm producing and what am I also trying to imply or, um, uh, you know, so so it's like, does it, it's, it's, it's like a certain kind of... I used to listen to this goofy podcast um, where they use this term that I think I'm butchering, but I've always liked it, where they had this like this term of art they called like new sincerity. You know, this was like new, mm. new sincerity. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that's it's like this quantum state of sincere and insincere. It's like where it's like, you know, it's like I really love gremlins, but I also know it's crap, you know, or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Topic is changed for the episode. I'm going to hold you accountable for what you say. Hold the fuck up. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, but you, you love something, you know, it's like, so, so it's like, even though we know images are lying to us, we still believe their sincerity in the moment. Yeah. You know what I definitely. mean? Definitely. I mean, when I'm yeah. like, that's, that's kind of what messes people up and I can yeah. get you some more water. Oh, no. but, um, 
but that's kind of what messes people up psychologically. They look, they skim, skim through these, right. uh, these, or they scroll through these Instagram feeds and they right. see these people having these lives and they're believing the, the, right. the, the images and those are edited, right? They're not, they're not, uh, they're edited. They're edited. So, so it's wrong to say images are lies, but images are all lies. Do you know well, what no, I mean? I, and by, <laughs> but I, what I mean by edit is, it's not the, the, the image itself is, is, is I don't mean like the filter. I mean, well, it's all whittled, it. whittled down from a series of images, exactly. you know, it's, but it's that, all of yeah. it. It's all of it. A condition of editing applies to the selection of the image, the putting, you know, the, the, how many times you hit the shutter. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a condition of editing, let's say. As well, I th- I'd condition. say photography is mostly editing. Editing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't make it insincere. It doesn't make... No, you know, but yeah. but we believe it in the sense that like, that like the, the, that current phenomenon where people get depressed because they're looking at other right. people's great versions of their lives because sure. they're buying into the image and like the images aren't necessarily a lie in the sense that they were at that place. Right. And, right. and, and they did do that. But right. is it fulfilling that this person went all the way to this place and their right. main concern was to fucking like at a concert, <laughs> you know, like, are you really yeah. enjoying the show? If you're sitting there posting pictures well, of the concert, like, uh, like, and I, I don't mean to like no, shit no, on no, anybody no. that does that. Cause I know some yeah. people are very intense about that, but yeah. The experience was more about projecting the experience for them right. than actually experiencing the experience, and that doesn't show up on the image. Right. But that's the, you know, and that's the, that's the, that's what they're, that's, but the image is sincere in of itself, I guess, to, yeah. just to kind of get back to the idea, to the image, it's not the... It's a sincere <laughs> reflection of the, what the light looked like. Of what the light looked like? Of what the person is trying to use through their, you know, and, and, and again, I, I always go back to like what a semiotic read of a thing is, you know, it's, what am I, what am I getting at? Yeah. I mean the, 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 the image, the image is telling its truth, which, which may be a lie. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> I totally get what you just said. Very eloquent. You nailed it. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, like you look at the work of Gregory Crutzen, and all of yeah. that. It's all these monumental staged, like it's almost like a, a film production, sure. right? With these yeah. like really dramatic light setups. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it really happened. They really right. did turn over a fucking fire truck <laughs> and then had people, right. you know, and set up like all of that work. Like it's still, it's the image is, is, is um, deceptive, right. but right. it's showing you what it saw and right. what everybody said, all the setup that went into that, like is right. hidden. You know, that's another interesting thing. Now we're getting into these uh, 3D cameras sure. where like the photographer can't hide. And so I played around with one of those. Um, and and it's, it's a really interesting experience because then like, how do you start to, now you can't be selective. You are actually, right? You can't cut yourself out of the image. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's an argument. I guess I would say there's an argument that you can't cut yourself out of it because indexically, I mean, and, you know, you can edit you, yourself in post. But. Well, well, you, well, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, 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 is if a photograph is produced, a photographer or an image maker is implied to be there indexically, yeah. no matter what, um, you know, especially if there's like a flash, like a flash is 
indexical. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a photographer there. There's a person photographer. Even if it's a completely 3D rendered scene, to me, there's an, there's, there's, there's an author implied. So even though a 3D camera positions you in space, again, received via the screen. Yeah, you know, no, because you can't look at, at, at those images really that well. Unless, actually, you kind of need a headset. You need a headset, and a headset is a is a face mounted screen. Yeah. You know, it's again, it's a it's a it's a device that is a changeable device that you know, yeah, you, it, yeah it's there, something would definitely be lost in in the experience of just printing out the three D. Well, you'd have a parabola or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and then also you would you would uh, what's it called? You would still have to cut out something because the three D camera catches everything. Right. So like that's why when you have the headset on, you can look up. Right. And see what was captured. And I hate the word captured. It's no, so confused, I mean, but <laughs> no, I mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, but it's still, I mean, the question is really, again, to me, it's like, is whether the photograph continues to be a, a contemplative moment or a contemplative medium as opposed to a video or a moving thing that to me subverts that contemplative moment. If you're freezing, you know, it's a 3d image. It's, or it's a 3d immersive say space. Yeah. It's still frozen in time. Um, you know, what does that do to that contemplative function of the still photograph? Is it still, and you can just look around it. I mean, it starts to bleed a little bit more into a temporal thing where you can look left, not, see what's on your right, you know, or whatever. And again, it's like the question of narrative, is there a narrative between one side of the room and the other, if it's captured in a 3d image? I mean, that's, I would say that there you have a little bit more room for, for, for that kind of talk, that kind of heat, loose narrative narrative talk. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a heretic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get, I, yeah, well, actually it, and when I think of 3D, I don't even think of 3D photography because usually 3D is used for video in my experience, and or at least the pieces that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, again, I think we're we're talking about again, which calls out photography's origin as a technological art and a tech and a technology first. Yeah, I mean, painting is a technology. Paintbrush is a technology, and all the paint. Yeah, yeah. they're they're all technologies, but I would you know photography has an interesting read because it's you know it's concurrent with a mechanical era it's uh yeah it has a different you know it it's you know it kind of comes about and it's one of the most impactful things that has ever come about right i, mean, I like and and to it's, a certain degree people still don't know how to read images no i mean that's because they're being fed them and they're producing them and yeah. again they're to get you know to get back on the screen, they're consuming them largely on a device that is always showing. You know, so so it's like it's like when I just think of of an instance of photography is how I describe it a lot. If it's full screen on a laptop or on a some you know on a on a television or whatever, if it, if it's a full screen image, say mm-hmm. it's blown up, so there's no UI of the computer visible or whatever. Um, What's the read as opposed to when you've got it like small on your screen and there's like, there's like a button, you know, still visible. There's, there's UI of the computer. It's, it's kind of just a, it's a funny thing where we still read it as a photograph, even though it's kind of just an, like a, an instance of 
photography, if that makes yeah. sense, or an instant an image. Yeah. Um, when technically the whole screen is the image. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just that it's just that uh, we're reading it. We we know to differentiate differentiate this area of the screen as a photograph as opposed to this area of the screen. That's uh, as, as, as a not button. part. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, but it's still know. all one image. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and and I know that's a little in the weeds, but it's important to me because you know again it's it's this idea of where we're encountering images and and. Um, their use as opposed to again trying to reimbue aura to yeah. a singular image you know yeah well i remember i mean the, the de- like also just the amount of cameras out there and the difference in yeah. resolution of those things i remember when i first started on instagram and then they let uh uh, uh android Mm-hmm. on Instagram they started like making mm-hmm. the app for Android and I could just tell the difference in in, in camera quality right now everything right. is sort of evened out but <laughs> there was just like a noticeable difference between resolutions from like iPhones right. and like the you know the more affordable Android phones at the time right. and so all of those little things like um right it's it's an interesting thing because like like you said, it's the technology. It, it, um, right. it used to be that cameras were pretty much just boxes that opened up and had a shutter. And like, as long as mm-hmm. the shutter was good and as long as the mechanics of it were good, the camera itself was really cheap. And it right. was really about your lens and the aperture and right. what lens distortions it had and all of that that mm-hmm. really made a difference. Okay. Whereas now... Those <clears throat> things, since since like most people don't shoot with SLR, I don't even. I I own an SLR. I own <laughs> right. way, way too many SLRs, but, but yeah. the, for the amount of shooting that I do. But um, the other the other thing that ties into that is there. You know, there were formats that film was uh, that paper printing paper was made in. Right, you had the the mm-hmm, eleven mm-hmm. by seventeen. You had different standardized sizes, and those were the sizes now you're bound to where you're looking at that image and that same image. So there is um, there is something that the individual consumer has with all these screens that was maybe only in the realm of photographers that had the ability to see their images at different sizes. Right. Like right now I can just throw it up on this big screen and look at my photograph there. I can right. look at my Instagram there. Um, right. You know, and, and even Instagram has its own phenomenon, which was for a long time, it was phone only. For sure. I mean, these are all conditions to, to, to me, what's interesting about what you're saying is again, these are, these are, these are conditions of, of resolution in a way that it, it reminds me of Hito, Hito Stiles article, the, the wretched of the screen where she's talking about the kind of semiotic read of and and the kind of speed as she puts it of of kind of the low resolution image. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is what you meant, but you know the kind of the implication is is like well the Android phones were the cheaper phones. I mean there was a kind of interesting, there's a kind of interesting semiotic read of those images that were telltale via their right, let's I'm say have resolution. To stop you for a second, <laughs> yeah, because I thought you were only going to use the word once. Oh, what does semiotic mean? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I guess semiotic. The way I'm using it is is that is that is this kind of is is the is the idea that things have a sign value, which is to say they have they have things that they're that they're implying or signifying just by being what they just are. by being the way we read things 
we read through things through through signs. We read, you know. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, you definitely. can you can come into a room and and look at look at the way it's appointed, or you can look at the quality of of you know. We read um, materials through sign value. It has a certain you know. It could signify a certain class level. It could signify a certain. There's there's lots of things that can be gleaned mm-hmm. um, um, from the way things present. I'm like drastically oversimplifying no, 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 that's, this that's, idea. That's, yeah, but I mean uh, you know, and it's and it's a wiggly idea. With it's, the context and your definition, I'm, yeah. I'm better better prepared for, for the next time you. <laughs> it's just it's I mean and it's a wiggly idea like um, you know the, the 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 classic like first day of grad school is like you know the, like um you know a, a tree can become a sign for nature yeah you know like a like if you see a outline of a tree. Or for lineage, or yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. a family tree. Yeah, right. the fractal nature of it, mm-hmm. it ha- has, sure. is is reflected right. in other areas, and that also speaks to the kind of arbitrary nature of signs and signification, which means that you know it could yeah. be read one way by one culture and one person and another. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of it's wiggly, it's wiggly. Yeah, yeah definitely. But but um, you know the 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 idea of to go back to resolution, I mean resolution is always too with the screen as the target. So mm-hmm. like yesterday's high resolution images are today's low resolution images, you know, because the sensors yeah. have changed. And that's not to say there weren't classes or or ways to read papers and lenses and film grain, you know, film, you know, the finest film, you know, yeah. back in the day in analog photography. It's just that now when we're on this kind of condition of the screen, it's 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 defined by, of course, the sensor, mm-hmm. you know, the resolution of the sensor, and then also the target device that it's being shown on. So you could have a sensor that in 2005 was awesome, and the screen that it was being shown on, it looked amazing. Yeah. But now, yeah, yeah. you know, it's going to be a little fuzzy, or you can only, it can only be a certain size, it's going to get blown up. And then, then you can extrapolate out from that, like, well, you know, the person shooting with a 2005 phone you know, um, doesn't have the newest phone or whatever. All that said, where I think we're approaching, uh, a situation where, as you said, Android phones, quote unquote, caught up where fidelity is becoming more of a kind of default and lenses and things are being tuned, especially through algorithms where they're trying to match the condition of optical blur, bokeh as it's called, which is a semiotic, Again, semiotic, yeah, which yeah. is a sign for quality, uh-huh. because we're used to being D- D- DSLRs being the pinnacle of image quality and meaning fidelity. You know, having all of these things that we read into an image. So, like portrait mode is is portrait mode is an algorithm about. that is trying to, and get, that's po- that's that ends up happening essentially in post compared to what we right. You know, like we grew up where. Or, I mean, I don't know well, how was... old you are. <laughs> you seem to be a little bit younger than me. <laughs> or, or, or you yeah. just take better care I'm of yourself. A, I'm a Highlander. You're a Highlander. Yeah. yeah um, but, yeah, the... the um, like, and that's also something that, like... It's... it's Like, for example, when you're watching something on TV... You know... Oh, okay. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go for it. Like, go for it. So, uh, I, <laughs> sometimes... I get to these porn videos and I'm like, oh my God, the resolution <laughs> is so, <laughs> no, the resolution it's is so bad and I feel bad 
for the performer because they're yeah. stuck in that resolution, right? Like all that fucking work. <laughs> it's an interesting reaction. <laughs> feel bad. And for I'm their, like, feel bad uh, for their resolution. <laughs> I mean, you know. But and then also same thing with certain uh, you know TV shows, which is the tamer version. Right. Of like you know, like especially like. Uh, I've recently kind of gotten into because uh, I've been practicing my legato on my guitar, mm-hmm. but that's some boring ass shit. So I'll watch <laughs> something on the TV while I'm doing it mm-hmm. and building the muscles. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like West Coast Customs, that show is unwatchable <laughs> because the fucking resolution is so bad. And there's well, a bunch right. of other things where I'm just like, no, but my screen <laughs> is too good for those shows, right? If I still had a, CR- a CRT tube right. like uh, television, right. it would look amazing right but then my eyes have also been spoiled so i don't know how good that would look well what's really again again what's interesting to me is is your your read of resolution and and where because you know and it reminds me of i was helping a friend i out of i had i had checked out a um, a black magic a 4k camera to help a friend with who was trying to test it for an art for you know he's making an art video mm-hmm. and you know he come kind of comes out of the 90s i just got jealous by the way <laughs> well, <laughs> well right because you know what that means you you have the you have the read of this kind of what this gear means and and yeah. and, and the kind of images it produces so what was really interesting about that moment is is that the 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 tuning of the glass the way the images worked it was too close to cinema mm-hmm it there was a you know there's a funny thing in our i think it's changing because of again the the default condition of most of the tools that are available is a fidelity and is yeah, tuned yeah. closer to cinema but for a long time like you know it was called the the code word was de-skilled okay. like like a art video looked a certain way yeah yeah you know it looked like yeah. harsh or it had a certain resolution it had that had a that had the read of being art as opposed to cinema yeah yeah and so you'd and so when i was showing them these images they were like too close to cinema they were too interesting and that would that all has to do with how you read the resolution or how you read the condition of the image it goes back to that black and white like if sure. you if you're you know but the and it's interesting like that the idea of something being too cinematic too cinematic too, uh it goes it goes to that sort of like why people still used calotypes, uh, even though right. thirty-five millimeter was really sharp, and 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 why I think there's a level of convenience that um, that m- makes the amateur equipment um, that much more like it, it's 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 identifiable, and it and it does become a filter, right? Mm-hmm. So like basic, essentially like. What he was looking for was the art filter. I mean, not to like no, 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 but, no. But I mean, it, no, I think that's actually a really good. I mean, filter a condition of filters. I mean, you could even argue that the National Geographic photographer that uses the whatever camera that produces those National Geographic style images is yeah. kind of you know, he's using the National Geographic filter. Yeah, of course, yeah, that filter exactly. that filter it's involves ten thousand yeah. dollar glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And a, a four by five negative. You know, but you know, it again, it's. To me, it's like when it comes down to images, there's nothing more moral about any of these images yeah, yeah. from the, you know, it's just, it's just how you want them to be read as the goal. Oh, no, I did, just want, I just clicked the mouse and I want to make okay. sure I fuck everything up. Okay. <laughs> I was like, did we, did we, did we break it? No. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And, but, and, 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 and then mm-hmm. that goes into sort of like 
then it becomes an aesthetic choice. Right. What resolution becomes a new parameter. Exactly. It, you know, it's like it's I just agree. like aperture and and you know shutter speed. I agree. Whereas before it was more of a technical compression cons- artifacts, things yeah. like that. They all yeah. signify they compression all... artifacts or maybe the the new light leak or whatever. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. No, 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 absolutely. But it's like the you yeah. know the these are all these all just become um connotations of and and it's sort of like how when we were growing up 8-bit was like kind of like we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> wait for Genesis. things to get super like yeah. uh, oh you, you you didn't play nes oh i was a sega guy so here we are, are we are we like the protestants and catholics of, of game systems <laughs> no, so, I, I, no i i had I'm a genesis <laughs> i didn't never had a super nintendo but i had an nes i, I, I was more asking in terms of like gauging your age okay well here we go so because it's more I will, fun I will to, date myself so my father who always who was uh, he so we were we had a sega master system which okay. was the which was the sega version of the nes yeah, yeah because it came with liquid crystal 3d glasses wow and a light gun wow. and i'm sure it was cheaper than an nintendo yeah yeah because they like, didn't have the my game. dad was just looking at the box and i'm sure it was like well this has got all this stuff yeah, yeah. they're the same <laughs> so i was the one kid on the block that had the master system which was a weirdo system anyway. yeah. <laughs> no and then and actually i just found That's out that the uh, the the genesis has several different names is it, it was well, called the mega, the mega, mega drive, drive yeah mega drive. okay we can so have we're, we're, we'll do another episode on video game consoles <laughs> after hours <laughs> i was literally playing console video games before game. you got here good that it's my it's my like right. i got 15 minutes <laughs> sure man yeah but um absolutely no but going back to the the resolution thing that is an interesting thing because when i was growing up Mm-hmm. You know the parameters were you go for uh, more light sensitive film, but then that fucks you because you got too much grain. Sure, and yeah. grain was like seen as a faux pas, not as a nostalgic right. kind of like stylized thing. Yeah. Whereas now it might be yeah, right. Sure. Uh, it before it was kind of seen as like a, a laziness or like you you know like um, if you didn't use it for low light situations mm-hmm, you would get mm-hmm. called out for it uh, for for not te- being technically sound and whatnot mm-hmm. whereas now well and it, and i think it ties into sort of that whole culture i i i think the filters the the move for instagram filters is the same impulse for using different fidelity uh or different resolution i agree yeah and and yeah. and it has a different read it has a different read and, and it, it's, it contextualizes the, the image in yeah, like, this is where I want to place you. I want you to look at it from this standpoint. Right. Right. Like I want you to feel nostalgic. Right. But as you're, as you're calling out, that's a moving target and, and we, and culture goes around things like grain or things we read in images Yeah. where at one point it may have signaled, like, I think, I think, you know, yeah, it's like, I gotta, I gotta, in film, in, in undergrad, I was like, oh, I got a hold of 1600 ISO film and it was like you know but then it was of course like just a big blotch of you know and and I remember kind of being called out in those terms but you know now you go around it now we're in this age of digital photography and the grain you know it's like the pops on a record or something yeah and advertising exploits it like crazy you know to to give it that like like there there's 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 there is a uh, visual vocabulary that has been expanded through the process of seeing images and to that extent 
uh, I think culturally we are becoming generally more informed. I, so I think mm-hmm. that there's like, it's, I don't mean to say that people are ignorant. No. I think they're intuitive and it's exactly. valid because it will inform eventually right. the people that like, like it's, it's always been amateurs right. inform the aesthetics of the professionals. And so like, right. so, yeah, so even when I flip through some of these <laughs> things where like, there is, uh, you know, there's some people that just abuse the shit out of HDR still. Right, there was a period where that was very popular, but mm-hmm. that's eventually going to be its own aesthetic and its own context. I, that's, right, that's you fascinating. Know? And, I think that's and, true. And yeah. so, and there will be a good way of doing it. Right? right. Whereas when it first came out, it just got saturated, and everything looked like that. You know. Right, and it may it may become a condition where all most devices. Well, I think uh, I've, I I wonder though if the inverse might be true. Whereas most devices, which is I guess phones, you know, computational photography devices are are taking a form of HDR and a sort of high dynamic range because the screens are becoming wide gamut. Yeah. Um, high dyna- you know, uh, if you can afford a phone like this, and again, I think that'll become another kind of class differentiator of images. Yeah. But it's like I wonder if like a non HDR image, it's like yeah, man, I took this with a five D. <laughs> from you know it's like i i got a 5d from the you know to early thousands and there's no hdr and i exposed this correctly yeah. you know what i mean and that'll yeah, become yeah. your like yeah that'll become your like you plant your flag and yeah, like yeah, i absolutely. didn't need it you know because like you know these these take like you know these phones they're going to take like six images auto hdr them it's yeah, going to yeah. become a thing um what was i going to say oh i was um anyway I, th- I think that's 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 very true it has the potential to become a, another sort of thing that can be done correctly or can be deployed as part of a image read. I'm always fascinated, like how long will, like, you know, I I forget I was, somebody was talking about, they were like, whether to shoot on 16 millimeter film or aren't just film grain filters just good enough now? Like, why do you need it? And I'm like, to me, it was fascinating because it was like, well, how long are film grain filters even going to hang around yeah because people it's going to be out of people's reality yeah yeah yeah. no that's who's that for yeah you know who's you know it it's got to be historical i mean it's not that you know obviously i have but i'm going to be old (laughs) yeah no no yeah no definitely oh i don't and i think so who's the grain who's the grain for what does that mean you know it's one of those things that's really interesting where like i don't know this is a little bit off but yeah um, when I listen to like the Rolling Stones now, sure, it sounds so much longer ago, yeah. proportionally than than it did <laughs> when I listened to it in the '90s. It just in the '90s. It just seemed like that music was just right around the corner. Now it seems like fucking like listening to the oldie stuff. The old. Well, so you mean? Do you, and you don't. You don't mean like voodoo. You. You mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean like you know brown sugar <laughs> yeah, and, and like yeah, the, yeah, no. You mean like the old I don't, Stones, I've, not '90s. I've never even not listened dancing to in the streets '80s era. But, uh, oh, dancing <laughs> in the streets. I won't shit on too hard. <laughs> that's, no, that's uh, David I'm Bowie wait, too. I'm, right? I'm waiting for the. Yeah, I'm waiting for the jumpsuits to shit we should watch that video
to I feel <laughs> like I feel like analog video games and uh, YouTube is going to happen. Well, I mean, even <laughs> right video, now, but like right now, we've got 4K television, and you look at all the video right. games. You look at Fortnite, and you look at uh, sure. at, at all these games. They're not looking more realistic, and I think to some degree, they're looking yeah. cartoony and right. and high resolution. But I think yeah. it might be a little offsetting if you make if you start making characters that look a little too real at this resolution. Yeah, man. I, I think that might be playing into how they do that. That's that uncanny valley thing. That's I think, yeah, and yeah. I think, and I think like that's a condition, an extrapolation of the idea of resolution, which is, you know, kind of meta- metaphorical thing. Like, you know, um, um, well, first of all, like I was watching some demo of some game, some gameplay demo. And the bodies in it were so realistic, and it was so, you know it was it's it's unsettling yeah. because you know if you're blowing murdering, pe- yeah exactly murdering realistic bodies it's it's, it's it could be unsettling it's unsettling <laughs> but they still you know they that that and again it, it's it's the it's the way the the animation shows the weight of the body like these are all things I'm extrapolating the word resolution to okay. denote which is to say that that the 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 points of the in the rigging of the 3d model how many joint you know the yeah, yeah okay you know so yeah that so is resolution that as is well. so yeah. i would describe that as i mean I, I, it's a meta meta little metaphorical but i'm saying like i'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the, the the amount of points of of weight being calculated by the 3d model as an arm falls looks so real they have a high resolution which yeah. isn't which is which is kind of taking the word resolution and extrapolating it out. No, a but resolution. I think I, I don't think that's an inaccurate. Yeah. I don't even yeah. think that that's that metaphorical. Yeah, I mean, because it is yeah. at points of resolution on a on an, on anything. You know, right. like like it it does make sense. Um, another story that that I that I feel like it, that that again talks about this kind of uncanniness in terms of resolution is um, um my my friend bought this. Uh, he's a piano player. He used to have a little baby. He used to have a Steinway. He he moved into a small apartment, and he's like, "Oh, come over, come see my new piano." And I'm kind of collapsing the story a little bit, but it it's it's a it's a basically a synthesizer, but mm. it but it looks like a piano. Okay. And it again, but you know, but it's it's it, it you look at it and it's uncanny because it's too small to be an analog piano, so you yeah. know something's up with it. But but when you put your fingers on the keys. The weight, the weight of the, the of the key and whatever the sound engineers did to you know whether it's the tuning of the speakers or the putting a subwoofer in there, the feeling, the resolution of the feeling of, of striking a key yeah. is so close. No, no, I, I I'm jealous of that guy's keyboard. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a gear guy, so you get it. But 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 the, to me, what was so profound about that device is that it is its resolution. Again, it takes me back to the idea of a retina screen, like. You know, of course, obviously, a, a professional or or someone with someone aided could detect that that's a false, that's that's a simulated experience. But at a certain point, it's so good, it, or it's in good is actually a moral word that I don't like. But it, it's so resolute, it's it is such mm. resolution that it, that it was. I hit that key, and I I believed it was a piano, striking yeah. a hammer, striking a a, yeah, yeah. a taut string, creating a vibration because of the way. It reverberated, but then he was like, "Oh, look at this!" And he's changing it, and it can be a harpsichord. It can be all these different yeah, things. Yeah. So, you know, again, when it comes to a simulation of life, a body on a screen, um, uh, an experience of a, a piano, mm-hmm. and I think there's this idea of resolution can be applied to whether it's beyond our 
our meat meat sack bodies to determine the yeah. you know the the in, and I think things will become more and more resolute and it'll be up to a game designer say to decide whether they're going to lean in or they're going to yeah. go like Fortnite and make cartoony characters to get you to read it in a different way. And just to be clear, I don't play Fortnite. Well, you can play. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. But I'm just no, saying. No, I just. But I mean, I don't want to fuck know. my dating chances out in the world by putting it out. <laughs> that's fascinating, man. That's great. You're like, you're like, don't, don't. I don't want that data point out there yeah, in my yeah, algorithm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, play I don't that want shit. that. I don't want that. I play my other Tinder equally profile. terribly <laughs> addictive games, but not. <laughs> Dude, games, man. Yeah. We could have a whole podcast. I used to be pretty heavy into games. I haven't because they require such a commitment. But, but yeah, um, I basically have like one that I play right every now and then. I I I'm, I really I'm have no no. Uh, I'm a voyeur, game voyeur. Yeah, I I have no like justifiable reason for owning an Xbox anymore. No, nah, man. Like no, just <laughs> because I because like I try to play other games. I'm just hooked on Overwatch. And That's like cool. and no, but I need to stop playing that shit because it makes me furious. <laughs> I think you just need to rid yourself of guilt. I, you just need to be It's involved. not the guilt, it's the rage that, like, I'm like, why am I playing this? I'm so fucking angry. And I'm angry at strangers. Like, we're all uh-huh. trying to be a team together, and one person will fuck Amazing. up, and it's six players. Oh, I, no, anyway, I've managed to game stop. Chat. That's yeah. a game chat. Oh, no, I don't even talk to them, or else I get too verbally abusive. <laughs> I love it. What a fascinating world we live in. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, there's actually... I one of you know talking about video game guilt. One of the things that I'm less that has helped me become less guilty is like, mm-hmm. um, especially like the guy. I don't know if you, if there. I did an episode on the singularity, oh, and, yeah. and and I don't know if you've heard it, but there's uh the there's a guy that talks about where the economy is going, and we're basically going into a place where um, things are being demonetized. And one of the things that uh-huh. he says is they that even them. the phones that we have are going to end up being free because without the phone, they can't sell us anything, any services and whatnot. And we're already seeing that a little bit with uh, Apple. Like they're not expecting people to buy phones every year. And so that their model has changed over the years, especially since people stopped uh, getting subsidies from the phone companies to buy their $700 (laughs) phone. Right. But, um, but yeah, so now there's also going to be a, a bigger, like people are going to hold on to their phones longer and that resolution is going to be determined. Like, so people are going to have, there's going to be a broader range for the next uh, foreseeable future uh, into, until people start just get, get being given the, right. the newest phone. Like, for example, well, that, I'm, I'm not going to have an iPhone. I'm not going to have portrait mode for the longest fucking time. And right. I was on the iPhone six for right. a long time, and and I just got the uh, the the uh, an iPhone six uh, S from a friend, right? And now I have live photos, and I'm like, oh, this is a whole new experience, right? Right? And so, <clears throat> it's in it, that's an interesting thing that as every and then the other thing that's fascinating is that everybody, like, remember when people were like, why does my phone have a camera? <laughs> oh, dude, I I know. I know that's so fascinating. And now it's just ubiquitous. It's like and and it does everything for you. Well, the, so so to, to just cuz so so I tend to read things a, a lot of a lot of the times through class and I think again like like that like so images can be telltale first of all like of class like you know yeah. so it's like you know yeah old phones don't have ac- such and such capability they produce such and such images you can trace it back oh is this an android user with like a crappy galaxy free a free phone yeah might first of all 
in the images that it produces be telltale of a certain class or yeah, age or things definitely. like that. And then, and then I think that's very true that, you know, you see this kind of, I mean, and I think it's going to get, um, even further along. Okay. So, so like another thing that, that you start to see is, um, you know, like, um, and I'm getting to like an AR thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so another thing you start to see is, is, um, you know, screens, woo, we got emails. Uh, we, you know, screens, um, uh, showing contextual menus like at a restaurant or, um, you know, starting to take the, the idea of fixed signage, starting to replace fixed signage so they, they can change things on the yeah. fly. And where I'm going with this is, is, um, you know, and you also start to see it where there's a certain class of people at Whole Foods now who are Amazon subscribers and they get different deals. Oh, really? Than, yeah. If you're a yeah. prime subscriber, you get different deals via the device, um, and, I, and I'm going to talk about this in terms of visibility mm. with your device and your subscriptions. You're kind of a different class, even though like, you know, there's a certain class of people that you can kind of... Well, if you're shopping at Whole, Whole Foods, Foods well, well, it's, yeah. a, it's one class. Yeah. So there's even well, like, it's the 1% of the 1%. Uh, well, a funny thing happened where when Amazon, you know, Amazon is this thing that has made it, they've lowered prices, but then tiered it within it. Mm-hmm. In terms of making certain certain deals, even you know, um, only for these subscribers of the services. So where I'm going with this thing that that you brought up about a device maybe being given out free to enable access is, you know, I can imagine a condition where, you know, people have a device that's and I think augmented. By the way, augmented reality is an interesting term because it's not really augmented; it's really interceded. Okay. And, and like you know, that. if you, it's because it, you know, if you have glasses and they're the goofiest way that augmented reality will appear, but yeah. say, say that you have these glasses and, and I could totally see a world where, um, you walk into a, a store and you can only even see the, the, certain deals yeah, yeah, or certain yeah. you know things, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or even a certain merchandise is only available to you if you're a certain tier of subscriber or if you're, uh, you know, if you, if you have the device at all, yeah. you know, if you have this kind of um, channel to you. And that also goes into, because I And that's do, a screen condition. No, know? that yeah. is a definitely a screen condition that I want to talk about, because mm-hmm. I think that that is, that is a screen condition that we weren't ready for when the Google Glass came out. But I don't think that that's going to be like that for everybody, forever. I think slowly mm-hmm. people get more and more comfortable with certain mm-hmm. ideas. And eventually I do think people are going to have oh, totally. Google Glass all up in their faces. <laughs> oh and, man, yeah. it, it's so funny. I was just watching. There was two shows that I was just watching that are that I'm always like. It's funny the coordinated efforts of like putting ideas. So it's. It, it, I was watching the first that show about the mission to Mars on Hulu. Okay, no, and I then seen it. there's it's it's pretty good. And okay, then and cool. then I was watching um, the show Casual, which is like a kind of a sitcom or kind of like a semi comedy, and they both are. Uh, took like little steps into the near future mm-hmm. and they're both, you know, people have kind of like an ever present assistant. Yeah. You know, they kind of have this kind of layer of technology around them. Yeah. It's very, you know, in, in the first, everyone's wearing these like Wayfair Ray-Bans all the time. And they've got these like videos that appear on them, you know, and things like that. I, I wish I remembered his name. Uh, cause the guy that showed me about, um, his, his, I know his, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, title is, uh, at scar of David, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know his actual name right off the top of my head. It, uh, but 
He, are you familiar with Mr. Terrific of the DC Universe? No. Okay, so Mr. Terrific is this guy who has these things called T-balls. Okay. And basically they're, or T-spheres, uh-huh. not T-balls. And they're these things that float around, around him and it's part of his superpower. He's like a technology, kind of a Batman-y kind of black guy. Sure, sure. Right? And so he has the, um, he has these things and... The uh, this guy uh, Scar of David didn't tell me di- didn't know wasn't aware of I mean he's one of the more obscure characters even though he's on television now, hmm. um, but he di- he wasn't aware of them and he was like oh yeah I think in the future we'll just have a three D camera that follows us around so uh-huh. like it's that same yeah. I- assistant I think that that's definitely something mm-hmm. and then uh, in the uh, Scientology episode in the <laughs> Singularity episode. Mm. Um, <laughs> He talks is this about a recruitment like, for science. Is this with this yeah. whole thing? Oh, yeah, is? No, are you gonna, are we gonna do like a? Are fate? you clear? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is all an elaborate catfishing for Scientology. Yeah, yeah. No, you're gonna get yeah. uh, put in a van. There's a bunch of guys. <laughs> just an e-meter. Forcibly. This is an e-meter session. I'm just scanning you for, oh, for all your uh, whatever. Me and my they call have an understanding. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go, sorry. No. So and and the idea of like a Jarvis. So all of that right. shit. Uh, uh, th- so like. Just a full-on yeah, AI man. that is around you at all times, see everything that you see. And Seems so that, plausible. Yeah, and that is sort of where th- we're getting into that like symbiotic relationship with machines right. where eventually it seems... It's like these steps happen so much faster. Like four years ago, a TV, a 37-inch is what... A, right. I, I got a, comp- a TV that's 55 inches for the size Right. A, uh, for the price of something that four years would have been 37 <clears throat> inches, right? Right. That's a huge, or actually 32 inches. That's a huge reduction in the cost of production, mm-hmm. right? And that right. has to do with like the labor markets being shit. And I mean, that's it, a, that's. There's a lot of questions about. I mean, and, and it's also you know even you're like I I feel bad about having something this big, but but frankly like having a big TV no longer is necessarily a signifier of wealth uh, yeah, because exactly. because well that, and then that's what it go that that's yeah. an interesting thing because you i remember i don't even know if this was like 2 years or, i it's been a long time since mm-hmm. i've watched cable news but mm-hmm. I remember it being a big deal where oh, people sure. were like, "Oh, they have microwaves They've and all got that." These like things that make yeah, them, yeah, they, these, like, and they're yeah, they're I appealing know. to people in their sixties who don't understand exactly. the evolution That's of technology, exactly. and so they're like, very, "Oh very yeah, they have, oh shit," and like, yeah, yeah, it's like twenty bucks for a fucking <laughs> I know, microwave. You can get a, yeah, you yeah. can get a Vizio that spies on you yeah. for for a hundred bucks, but it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. And, uh, uh, and so, oh, and, and that's the other thing, <laughs> yeah, right, no. but, that's but yeah, the so, so the, the, the whole thing with screens and like just how they're eventually going to become even more integrated right now, the way that we look at screens is going to feel static. It's going to feel like a print. Right. Well, you know, and, and I think, I think with air, AirPods or other things, I think, I think a field of, and again, that goes back to that the condition of the screen that I said that is connected or dependent. It's, you know, none of these, these devices are all dependent. I think it's very true. I think, I think a sort of near field AI or sort of interpretant layer around you, which, you know, is good or good. And, you know, I don't, I hate to, I mean, I'm, 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 I grew up in a certain paradigm, so I want to apply morality to certain things. But I mean, I think a certain, but they are connected, you know, they're, they're going to be connected to a grid, they're going to be dependent on, they're not going to be autonomous, you know, for all yeah. Apple's, I think Laudable or whatever, 
efforts, you know, they, they've got these like things processing on a device. It's still connected to a network, you yeah. know, an iPhone without the internet is it's a slab, you know, exactly. <laughs> so, so, well then you would you know, still need Wi-Fi though. So it's, it's sure. just, yeah. They're dependent. They're, they're well, always dependent on, they're always dependent on an infrastructure, which I think in it, which again, when I talk about real world effects, so if you grow up in a paradigm and it's funny cause I, I, I have conversations with teachers a lot who are like, you know, my kids can't have conversations. They can't talk about history or blah, blah, blah. And you had a guest on here the other day that, that said like he wanted to raise his kids to be able to ask great questions. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that's exactly where it's, you know, where it's happening, where if you grow up in a paradigm where you're always connected and people have been talking about a prosthetic relationship to technology for a long time yeah. since, you know, the internet came out. But if, if you, if, if this is an assumption, knowing where you, you need, if you, if you like, you're like, well, I'm not specializing in X or Y, but I know where to go to get it. Yeah. It's like, if you look at it, it's like, if you, it's like, instead of like, if you, it, there's a, there's a department store and instead of like being an expert in makeup, like you have this overview of the department store at, 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 at all times. And you're like, well, I know how to find, uh, this product or that product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it, and that, that is a, that is a condition of growing up, up in a paradigm of, of, of being always connected Yeah, and being able to query things or ask good questions in a sort of, uh, contextual world, yeah. a connected situation. Um, well, I definitely think that that gap, that, the, <clears throat> that huge gap between the boomers and the millennials right? in that discussion, I just side with the millennials. Well, well, right. Because, because the, the boomers were TV babies yeah. and the greatest quote unquote greatest generation said, well, the TV is making you dumb. It's rotting yeah. your brain. And what I would say to you know, them is, well, did the TV make you dumb or did it make you think about information differently? Yeah. So like the TV babies could think about it. They had a screen, which was their defining device, you know, and, and they could look at, they could change the channels up or down, you know, but they were thinking about kind of things a little contextually, like, you know, even though it was different channels, they could have news channel or the movies playing at at 11, you know what I mean? It started, you started to sort of have this kind you know, well, and change, yeah, go ahead. It's a, it's a new relationship. You have a new relationship with this new technology. Yeah. that is, all, you know, the centerpiece of your home, essentially, to, yeah, to, to a large extent. Uh, the other thing that I find fascinating, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, a TV show called Revolution that was canceled a while back, but it, it's, it's about basically how the whole grid comes down mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. nothing is powered. And yeah. there was a there was a character who walked around with her cell phone. Still, no, yeah, no. Well, even though it didn't work, uh-huh. knowing that the pictures of her kid were in there somewhere on and the she device, could, and she couldn't oh, access that. them. That's so, so poignant. Yeah, yeah, and so, but that is a reality that, like, Dude. that this transition into screens only is like we we look at societies and we're like, how did all that information gets lost? I mean, aside from the mm-hmm. uh, library in Alexandria right. getting burned down Famous. and things like that. But, but right. you know, like how do these things happen? And, and it, and it seems a lot easier than we recognize because right now we're all in this like presence of this knowledge, but how many generations <clears throat> after the grid comes down, will it take for like, Probably yeah. not that many, because one generation is going to live in a world where there's no technology. It's going to be even more <laughs> abrupt. Like, right. and what is that? 
identity, like, the, what's that relationship like, you know, between the person that knew that world and the person that doesn't know that world? It's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Well, so, I mean, again, it's like, so that's great. I love that example. There, there wasn't, there was also, there was an episode of Portlandia where the Fred <laughs> Armisen character, he was like, I want to look at my old photos. And he opens his closet and he pulls out this thing and it's like, and it would, they, the, the set designers did such a great, or not the set, the, 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 prop, the, the yeah, prop people did such an amazing job of nailing the era of what a person of his age, the devices he would have, like, you know, in the late, uh, late nineties, this kind of, so let me, I kind of jumped ahead, but he pulls out this crate and it's like an old MacBook. It's like three or four hard drives. Like, yeah. He's like, what's this cable? It doesn't even play, you know, <laughs> and it, so he's got, so his photographs are this pile of devices that all read from a certain era, Yeah, you know? And I, and it's like, I so relate yeah, to yeah. that idea, oh, definitely. you know, cause they're just really, they're really containers. They're really just these, if you, that you can pour things from data from one to the other. And they can also become prisons for that. They right? can become it, prisons and as know, they become obsolete and, uh, right. Yeah. Well, so, so he takes it to the IT, you know, the store and, and this is where we get into all these metaphors of, of data. And he's like, well, what you really want is the cloud, you know, and he's trying <laughs> to explain the cloud. And then as he's explaining the cloud, he goes, like, he goes, oh, that became obsolete. He goes, now what you want is the river. You know, it's like, you know, it's all these like, it's a stream of data. <laughs> it's just exactly. I mean, but it's, but it's so fat, but, but even, but you know, the reason I always go back to this device and that's so great is that, is that we talk about what's on them, but, but even the hard drive itself, the design of it had a read, which, which was kind of nostalgic for me, like that hard drive, because I remember buying it in the yeah. late nineties with my student loans and yeah, I was a yeah. kid and it seemed so exciting. Yeah, so yeah. kind of like the weird nostalgia that yeah. is wrapped up in this in device, the, even though you can't get to the images that have is still, further nostalgia, is yeah. still imbued in this yeah. physical object. Oh, I have a yeah. hard drive that crashed that I can't throw away, and that sure. goes oh, I do that too. goes to the same experience of like you know like uh, one of the things that you're taught in photography class is like there is a special power in having an image of somebody, and that you don't necessarily tear out old photographs or throw them yeah. away because. There's something it's it, it feels ritualistic like occulty like you might yeah. actually harm the person right and so yeah. so these things it's like Images, yeah, it, it's, yeah it's it's I still have stuff in there and I don't want to throw this completely useless which would cost thousands of dollars to extract the data who knows if it's still in there because exactly. it's from like fucking years ago exactly you know yeah. but like but yeah all the, all these little things and then like I have uh, phones that I know like I have a phone from you know the early or the the early 2000s where i know i have a video of someone burning a 20 dollar bill <laughs> and, <laughs> and for me mm. that phone becomes important because that memory of that yes. experience is there i've never watched the video again but i remember vividly the guy being drunk burning the $20 <laughs> bill and immediately regretting it and just being like, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> but, so, but so you know, but you know, I mean, even if the data, the ones and zeros or the, you know, the, the, the container, the file container, the everything that, that, that manifests itself on that screen of that little 320 by 240 phone, you know, pixel screen or whatever is, is it, it, it becomes imbued in that device in itself. Yeah. So, and then, and, yeah. and, and, the device is important, even though I know that my memory of the event is going to be better resolution than that, well, if that than that thing, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, if you manage to get that video off and play yeah. it, the resolution would, yeah, would, have it would its just own be name. like crazy. Although it might have its own charm as well. 
it, it might be yeah. uh, aesthetically bound to its calotype roots or, you know, like, exactly. it's where, a... <laughs> where it's like, it's not a perfect image, but it has its charm. It has its uh, patina or whatever. I mean, it's not patina, but it has its own, uh, right. Uh, it has a manifestation of its own limitations, which gives the technology. Cause we, that that is sort of one of the things that's happening with our generation is like, we're looking back at these eight bit things and we're like, Oh, it was kind of cool, you know? And like, uh-huh. I, uh, uh, and then 16 bit, I can't wait for 16 bit to become as big as eight, eight bit did. Um, that's but, so funny. Yeah. I but mean, that's a really specific look and aesthetic that I, right. I, I, I I identify a little bit more than with the 8-bit, you know, because it's just a little bit sharper, but it's still crappy. And it reminds me of the video games I played as opposed to like, you know, I don't have too much memory of playing Ninja Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES, but I definitely remember the shit out of playing, you know, Mortal Kombat 1 <laughs> <laughs> on the Sega Genesis, which is why I bought the Sega Genesis. Right. And then also playing... To get the blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To see the blood. Yeah. Uh... Can but you, it's so can you specific, remember yeah. how hysterical parents were back then about that shit? And now it's just like... Oh, uh, it's it's so far. But they were just doing their best. Who knows? Well, you know, and then that's a, that's a crazy <sighs> thing, too. Like, I have parents who work in the video gaming industry, uh, or clients, yeah. uh, that, um, that work in the video game industry. And when they talk to me about their student, it's like they're talking to me in terms of like algorithms. Well, you know, when you get someone to play an AI and it's like these metaphors about teaching that are just completely different, you know? What do you mean? Keep, keep going. So like, uh, <laughs> so like he's like, well, if this guy is doing this against an AI uh-huh. uh, and we le- raise the level of uh, competition, like um, they will get better. So he's mm. using, you know, like video gaming, yeah. professional video games and the hours that they practice, which doesn't necessarily translate to what I'm teaching them, but that's where his experience is coming from. And I sort of have to be like, well, you know, they're people. <laughs> and, and, right. and, and the social <clears throat> aspect of them interacting with each other, you know, he's thinking of in terms of isolating an individual and having them go through a program, right? right. And then educating them that way. But to it, like the work that I do is a little bit more social. What's right? the work that you do? I, I coach soccer. So, okay. So when I to, right. to get a team to function together, it's not just okay. Let's ha- let's put this player in a, in a higher team where he's no. Mm-hmm. He actually is going to benefit from being with his own age and um, sort of raising that level of competition for the whole group by competing with them. Right. And so and so it's a very. Um, it's it's it was just an interesting experience in terms of like, oh, adults that played video games and this is now a legitimate mm-hmm. industry. Whereas when I you know and this guy works for a very successful uh, video game company, so like right. Um, so it's an interesting thing that it's an interesting it's so it's somewhere or, or sort of like how now you see people skateboarding and it's just like oh you guys don't know how lucky you have it. and I've been skateboarding again Uh and my balance isn't that good so sometimes I recognize like oh I see why adults when I was younger didn't want kids riding around because it's fucking scary (laughs) you know it is scary the the possibility of getting hit but now the fear of that is gone because so many of so many people like it's been normalized oh I see what you mean yeah I mean 
Like skateboarding, yeah, like the, the right. Sticker, it used to be the, the, the stigma, uh, the danger, and now that you're saying parents were are skateboarders, and, and now, so now, it, and now and they it, encourage it in their like children. Skateboarding yeah. is not a crime; is is <laughs> no longer an ironic statement, right? Right? It's right. like it, uh, if you see someone wearing that shit, like you're not even gonna know what they're talking about. Yeah, man, <laughs> I know it's so funny. Skateboarding is a nostalgic activity. A family friend of my wife's. Uh, Anyway, they're Santa Cruz skateboards. They're that company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, yeah. Fam- they're a relation, not a family friend. Jeez. But uh, 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 it is so funny to have this kind of older gentleman be like, do you want Santa Cruz stickers? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he sent me like a, like a half inch thick of like inde- independent trucks. And like, oh, it's yeah. so funny. It's, you know, it's his son's company. Anyway. It's things that were kind of yeah. rebellious, but have been sort of legitimized through, uh, you yeah. know. Through culture and corporate interests, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure the X Games had something to do with the normalization of that. Cause, yeah, man. Because then you and and I think that same thing with video games now. Oh, totally. If you can become a professional, I mean, I know it makes me feel like less of an asshole when I play <laughs> video games. Like people but get paid yeah. money to do this. That's because <laughs> yeah, you you you're of the generation, or it was still like you know, it was like a. Now parents would prefer to have their kids stay at home. I know it's so weird. <laughs> and play video games and I know. instead of like I, I go carry, outside. Fucker. I carry with me that sort of morality. You know, should I have kids? I'm gonna. You know, it's so funny, yeah, because like you know, I'm like I used to be outside. Yeah, yeah. Till the but then you know once I got video games, I was completely hooked because yeah. there's little dope, little dopamine. Yeah. Machines and rage machines. <laughs> I mean, like there's. The, the 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 emotional reactions that it gets out of you it's the same thing mm. as like when you're in a bad relationship but oh, man. you are going you're, deep on and games you're arguing and you're arguing with someone over and over again and you think that you've had an experience <laughs> that you've come through something right. but in reality it's just a toxic relationship right i guess the difference again, that's how i feel about this game yeah. <laughs> well a game you know a game has a pattern where a human i mean not to bring it not to bring it around to resolution but i think you know, it's like the level of resolution that we would call organic or unpredictable, um, like a human, um, is the, the, you know, a game, game that I is, play. The, is the game is, you know, oh, what's that? What's that? That's the problem with the game that I play is yeah. that it's six humans against six humans. And if uh-huh. one of those humans doesn't feel like cooperating, yeah. the whole thing goes down and then you're stuck playing cause you can't just leave the game. And so it, it's like, uh, I, I yeah. I'm really having issues with like humans, <laughs> humans. Yeah, with humans and getting like I li- like I have to remind myself like some of these guys are probably eight years old. <laughs> oh, Just <man>. fucking chill. <laughs> humans, if only we could be better. Yeah. If only we could be trained by algorithm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're, that'll, it's that's probably going to go that way. Well, that's the question. I mean, I mean, I think on that same show, you, your guest was talking about. You know, he, you know, I was right. You know, my 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 uh, mother is a teacher and my wife's a teacher, but it's like, you know, talking about the idea of education that's tailored or, or algorithmically based for the student. And, and I guess I still have, uh, uh, you know, I, I, cause I think schools are where you go to be acclimatized to other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think, uh, beep was yeah. that? <laughs> I don't know what that was, but, uh, that's where I was censored by the machine. <laughs> but uh you, you know so so that. you know i mean i think that's to where you're being catered to i mean i it, i understand the arguments of that where it's like well the the classroom model does not serve a lot of people necessarily yeah. but it also you know being in the presence of other people um 
you know, acclimatizes us to other humans and their fallibility and their, their randomness and their sort of, you know, their kind of strange and how to thing. manage your expectations with people. Like with there's people, a lot of socializing right. that happens that is, is exactly. under, understated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if you're used to a world that is, that is, uh, well, uh, I don't want to extrapolate there. I don't no, want to moralize, I, 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 I don't want to moralize on, on the no, IRL experience or whatever. But. No, but, but I think there's something legitimate there because I think, <clears> you know, like I, I had an episode where we talked about uh, platonic relationships uh-huh. and how to make friends. And one of the things that's really <laughs> difficult is once you get out of college and, and true. you know, like it takes effort. You have to go and so make true. an effort. Uh, so if you've never had the forced socialization of school right. what is your what is your social life going to be like how are you going to learn how to do those things so that is a very valid thing right. especially with the more screens become a part of our lives well yeah, yeah. And, and and these i mean you know and again it's like you can't you know i know so many of my friends that met via dating apps to kind of breathe that first step yeah. you know, in towards, in towards of getting bodies together, yeah, yeah. whether that's for a date dating situation or, or, or just friendship, but it's so, but it is so funny. The expectation that is created by that math being done, you know, it's like, um, uh, what am I trying to get at? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, I wonder if the condition will be, you'll trust the the algorithm who has matched you more than you'll trust the random chance of uh, meeting somebody. And neither situation is, again, I I always, I've said it about 90 million times. I I hate to moralize because conditions change. Every generation has their own conditions that are unfathomable to the one that came before it. So, but it's, to me, it's, 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 it is an, it is a virtue. Uh, I'll own the, moralizing of saying it is a virtue to um be around people and kind of uh, what's well, it's, it's an, i mean if you don't know how to do it if you don't I, know there's how to do there's it. plenty of people that have been socialized through school and still are incapable of doing exactly it, right yeah and exactly, so that is yeah. a very that is maybe one of the most important <laughs> skills that's most that that yeah. like, it's not even acknowledged right in, right. in terms of of uh social upbringing it's right. sort of it's one of those things of like it's assumed that it's going to happen, right? right? Instead of, and it can be of, detrimental too. I mean, don't, yeah. don't oh, get me absolutely. wrong. Don't get me no, wrong. and I'm actually curious about seeing this movie Eighth Grade that I've heard about because there's not a lot of movies about yeah. that <laughs> period of time. Sure, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. It, it is. It can be very detrimental, and yeah. you know, there's definitely a lot of new social pressures because of the way that screen condi- conditions have, you know. Sure, people's like, lives are on the yeah. screen. I mean, m- m- you know, my, my uh, wife who's a teacher sees, you know, because, like, you know, I think another thing that baby boomers were like, well, just turn off the phone if, if you don't yeah. like being cyberbullied. You know, I had, to get, oh. I had to get beat up physically, and they don't understand that the stakes are, the stakes are just as high, even yeah. though the... Well, to the, think that everybody fucking hates you and have like a place where you can go look and it'll tell you that right. is very, very, very unsettling. Right. Uh, it's and overwhelming. Then, it because it, now it's not now it's inescapable in a sense, right? You get beat right. up and then you come home and then you get comforted. But now you come <laughs> home and that torment is still like you, right. you you still exist on the internet as a person. Right. right? Your sight that that sight that sight of this out of 
you know, via the screen, via this device, that that's just as real a sight as oh yeah the schoolyard, as the physical schoolyard. Yeah, that they yeah. they don't that that's that that comment doesn't fathom. And I think there was a Netflix documentary which I've forgotten about or forgotten the name of entirely, but uh, it was about a girl who killed herself because there was like some video that got posted of mm. her, and it was just a complete slut shaming thing. Um, and, and so like that shit's fucked up. Like if you're a kid and all of a sudden you are blasted and called a slut or whatever, because I mean, these kids sexually assaulted her. There's no fucking question, but, uh, and, and, but on such a public place and the, and the ruthlessness that in that documentary that people were just not sympathetic to the fact that she was assaulted. If she was right. the 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 slimy person, right? And right. like and and so all of those things, like that's really fucking hard to deal with. You can't escape that as easily. If you, you, if you, you think that your whole reality, right? If everybody in your whole social circle has decided that you're a slut, you know, right? It, like it's hard enough to manage those, like manage that relationship with yourself and the other, where. You're no matter what, in, in involuntarily or whatever, are going to make uh, assessments about me that are going to affect our interaction, right? So, so far, mm-hmm. it's been warm because, like, you know, we're in a very open mood, and and the whole process of this is something that we trust. It's basically we're doing a studio visit, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but in a different environment. We would be influenced by different. Well, I things. mean, you, you've you even assessed me via the screen. We never met physically. It it has a manifestation in the real world, which is I'm sitting in front of you right now. Yeah, yeah. We met entirely and, through social media. Yeah, that's yeah, a good exactly. Point. Yeah. And so, you know that that site, which I would say I I would call a site, mm-hmm. is is has has manifestations and and I feel like even saying real world gives primacy to this experience of sitting in the room which you and I being our age probably value and I mean I suspect in a you know like 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 you can turn off a phone but you can't turn off that site that site no, is yeah. going on and people are going to be talking about you there well if right that, it's in, a, in this scenario yeah, yeah yeah and and again is is it, it's really like a question of uh of, um, connection again and, um, and dependence. It's, it's, um, it doesn't end with this, with this device, I guess is what I'm trying to say. This device is just a conduit for that. Yeah. And, and, um, you can't just turn it off per se. And, you know, as if, if things continue on the way they are, where a certain level of connectedness and technology is around you all the time, you know, I, I, I guess, not to get too far afield from the the bullying or some of the things like that it's like um you know even even bands the way the way like okay so so now it's like people are saying like you know you make money on a tour yeah. or the this sort of real life experience is being like fetishized or whatever mm-hmm. for lack of a better because in the past like it's again it's it's and this is what i'm getting to is about is about um the way people talk about their bodies and, and, and where, what being present means. Yeah. So like in the eighties you had to, you know, video of course is coming in, but you had to, your body had to be present 
to see the band, to kind of participate and make culture mm. or be part of a community, more or less. Like you had to you had to be producing the music, you had to be listening to the music, you had to be sleeping with the person, you had to be yeah, doing yeah. the drug you know, the drugs, there was a lot of body experience, you know what I mean? Mm. So so when it comes to now, I kind of still think that even though we're experiencing things through the screen, it's still a body experience just going yeah. in through the eye. You know, it's no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I agree with that. and so this is, I guess what I'm trying, I'm trying to lasso all of these ideas is that, um, is that, um, the, the sites. And again, I'm trying not to say it with like a real world or whatever. The sites are all real, you know. Yeah. Again, like like we 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 well, we, we, we made culture. They, they exist in the real world, right? Yeah. The, with, without okay, without a server, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's it's like uh-huh. it's it's this, and it, and that's the kind of the the mind fuck about it is, is this <laughs> idea that like it's this other space. That it's is embedded within our actual space, right? Yeah. It exists. There has to be hardware for it to exist. It well, doesn't that's, exist. That's fascinating in, too. Entirely <laughs> independently. And right. Then, and then I so, guess, so, yeah, I feel like I didn't really stick the landing. I mean, but the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's fascinating too, is, is that, is that there is infrastructure. And that's again, when I talk about the screen being a dependent device, is that there, that, the, the, the data centers, all those things are physical yeah. Infrastructure and that that does exist somewhere. Somewhere. And all the data happening. is a real reflection of who we are. Like exactly. it's it's it's, yeah. it's hard not to say. Like so we have this separate space that exists is is in the real world but not in the real world at mm-hmm. the same time. So that's where it gets really confusing. Mm-hmm. Um but going back a little bit to that bullying thing is mm-hmm. that, that this is one thing that I really don't think millennials get credit for. They have grown up in a in a world where they have to present themselves to more than just their social circle, more than just their it's multi-site. So, it, 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 there's yeah. multi-site, and that's why branding has become a big word. It, you know, yeah. a big buzzword it, culturally. And I, mm-hmm. I know a lot of artists cringe, right? Like uh, Seth was not a very big fan of the word branding when I used it in conversation right. with him. But in terms of like, it's I think it's just a word that defi- describes. Image. You could just mm-hmm. as easily say image, but that's the word that we use now, so I, I have no problem using it. But if you look at how savvy and smart and diplomatic, and you get these kids like the ones from the uh, the shooting in Florida. Right. That who are understand in, the screen. Who understand the screen and understand mm-hmm. that space much better than the, the, than the boomers do. And right. so I think that that is a very, an intrinsic misunderstanding and, and like... Um, you know, we're sort of fortunate because we're at this, of this bridging generation that knows what the boomers went through and what they're nostalgic for and also understands the transition. We don't necessarily have a full grasp of what the millennials are up to, but I have learned more from them than Mm -hmm. I have ever uh, about how to conduct myself on social media than I ever learned from an elder. Well, right. I mean, that's the the right the the conditions the, it's like i used to i i mean i didn't wasn't an argument but it's like if you it's like um those uh barnacles that live on the ocean vents the of the uh, um 
uh, volcanic vents. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, but they don't know it's hot. You know, it's just yeah. the conditions they're used to. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they synthesize they food out of better. sulfur yeah. or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you're acclimatized to the conditions that you are raised in. Right. So we're kind of these weird animals that write. So we were young enough to embrace it. Um, this new paradigm shift, yeah. but old enough to have, you know, a kind of foot in a different paradigm. Yeah. So, right. We're never going to be, totally native to this new condition, this multi-site condition, which I think one does, does allow me to, I mean, you know, to really ponder the screen is not a given. Yeah. Um, to ponder the screen is a, as a thing that is, um, present as a physical mm-hmm. device, you know, cause it, cause I don't take it as a given. I wasn't raised directly with it. Or again, like, you know, the idea of knowledge of where, where knowledge is located no. You know, via via questions like so it blew my mind you know google's 20 years old wow. and in 20 years but that's not very long like in 20 years um it's become and you know search engines in general just say the paradigm of search yeah has changed you know i think in a certain way even the way people talk about reading on a screen you know as, as skimming versus the idea you read a book yeah you know it's it's this kind of idea that you're a searcher and a question asker rather than maybe like a siloed expert expert. Yeah. Um, so that kind of de destabilizing of the location of, of knowledge, which depends on this dependent yeah. device, you know, the, and which goes into why it's important to be able to ask good questions. That's good the questions. evolution. Yeah. But you're trusting, you're trusting that the power will always be on that, the, yeah. the, you know, you're trusting that, the connection to a server is always going to be up yeah. and you're kind of, you trust in these conditions that you grew, you know, you grew up in and it creates a, a, a in my mind, it creates a paradigm and I can only guess cause I'm also not 15 or 12 yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, but it, it, to me, it seems it creates a, an assumption of this context that's always floating around you. But it does. I think. It, I think it, it. It makes it. It makes it a situation where you're a question asker. You're a seeker. Yeah. You know, and you have an overview. You know, you you become a great contextualizer. Yeah. So I think like a a floating point contextualizer, of of well, if I appear this way on this site, you know, it reads this way. I think. I think. Millennials understand, especially young because of the the screen is a you know i've said semiotic about a million times but a screen oh, yeah. a screen is a semiotic almost purely semiotic device um they understand semiotic so well because again like they've never if you've never held a physical print to go back to photography yeah. but you understand what the 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 connotation of a black and white photograph means and you can deploy that filter mm-hmm. to, to deploy deploy the connotation then you understand semiotics. You have you have an ingrown, you have a sort of n- native understanding of what that signifier means, yeah. even if you've never held the original yeah, yeah. thing. But you know how to deploy it. Yeah. You know how to deploy. A f- um, um, again, you know how to you know how to deploy image for lack they're of a better they're, word. They're definitely photographically more savvy than our generation was. And, 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 right, because in, because in, in, of a, because of a screen par- because of a screen paradigm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think also like, 
Well, when yeah. uh, you know, older generations didn't have the ability to just take pictures of themselves and be seen by so many people, right? Picture, yeah, but pictures are only one part of it. I mean, if you well, but if, I think yeah. it's an important. It part. is an important. Part. I, I think because I think the, yeah. the amount the amount of images that you consume daily is ridiculous. Right. Probably even more so now. And that's where you're learning. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's and they're influencing you. They're persuading you to buy things and things like that. Sure. And if you have an already an understanding, and so like I think that. I think that there's a there's a, a knowledge base. I mean, just how many independent Instagram models there are. Right. That's an industry that right. has its own specific parameters and its own way of doing it, and they all influence each other. So it's a school of thought uh, where it's an approach to photography. Right. Right. But this that, is yeah. Go, well, go this ahead. is this is what I'm saying. I mean, even though again, Roland Roland Barthes wrote a essay about taking apart a, an, an ad for pasta famously mm. this is a really famous essay and okay. every dumb dumb in grad school has read it but it's like it's uh you know so even though people have been taking apart the kind of way images are used to denote connote things and denote and these are the I feel like I have too much of this coffee at this point. I feel like I'm stumbling over words. But, you know... Well, again, you're lucky we didn't do this late enough for us to have beers, or otherwise I would have had... Well, I, that would have been... Then your sound levels would have been all over the place. I would have been, but no, it's... Um, again, it's, it's, this, it's this screen-native way that they're breathing, living and breathing images, breathing in and breathing out um, the way images are deployed and then being able to deploy that back yeah and even though you know and this is again different than a boomer who maybe under have maybe would have an academic and certainly experienced more images than their parents. oh i mean in broad population terms. yeah for I sure mean, i mean people that haven't studied photography i think well, intuitively... the study the study the acad the acad the academic study of photography is even a whole other thing i mean i'm just saying like you know you're you're right it's like the experience of photography and the way it manifests. And I, again, think of it less as photography and more as like image literacy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where, yeah, but, go ahead. But no, but I, okay. So like when I was coming up, yeah. the discussion in academic photography was that photography is essentially for photographers that like, that's the, the stuff. It's a fascinating you, sentence. <laughs> oh, you've never heard that before. I, I, I thought mean, I, it's a pretty standard notion. I mean, I've heard it. I've, I've heard, that, I've that, heard that sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. So that like photography is essentially really only able to be digested by people who understand the medium and understand hmm. its limitations. Uh, uh, hmm. you, you know um semantics about narrative with notwithstanding yeah, sure, sure. it's it, it it there's a specific way that has been established to discuss it i feel like generationally like the boomers and even my generation until i went to college i didn't really understand an image like for example there's the old right. thing where someone will hold up a picture of a car and say what's this and someone will and everybody in the class will say it's a car no it's a picture of a car right it's a really obnoxious exercise but it is right. it is important <clears throat> it is an important distinction because it isn't the car right. it's it's the same thing as that uh it's this is not a pipe right sure and and so yeah. i feel like obviously it is a result of the conditions but i feel like generation there's a generation of people that because of the environment they grew up in are more photographically literate. 
are more right. understanding of what it's capable of doing and what it's not capable of doing and how mm. it's effective and how and how it can be persuasive. And so if you are generating imagery on a regular basis and you are thinking critically about it because to, even if it, you don't like the work, people are cons- making choices, right? And they're editing sure. based on their own tastes and whatnot, but they're, they are... There is a critical process of thinking yeah. that happens when they're posting. So engaging in that on a daily basis right. makes you more literate. I, in a, in, I in, agree. In, in, I agree. In a specific way. Maybe not the same way. They, maybe they won't Completely. have the vocabulary that we do to speak about it. Right. But intuitively, they have <clears throat> a much more sophisticated understanding of the power of right. images. A multi-point. I think, that's a, I think that's a very good point. And I think that's exactly true. You know, it kind of goes back to the conversation I've had with with different teachers. I think, you know, there's there's an academic understanding, which I think is important because it gives you certain tools. And then there is, you know, just the data points, the amount of data points that you consume and internalize when you are consuming and producing images and making different choices than image producers of the past. Again, yeah. where you're deploying a filter based on its semiotic properties rather than its like what you're trying to express in image quality is, is you're trying to express something. So you have an understanding of how that reads. Yeah. So you, you have a sort of, if you're come up in a, in a thing where your relationship with images is based on the read of image, it's like, it's like a different, it's like if it's, you're thinking about the point of reception rather than the point of capture, yeah. then you're going to have a very different understanding of images than someone who is say, taking family photos, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're thinking about the point of capture. They're talking about, they're thinking about, yeah. you know, and even though a, a person is going to Coachella or whatever, taking a picture, there's really the reason that, that they're thinking about the point of broadcast, yes, exactly. which is the circulation, which is something that our generation didn't necessarily, not have. necessarily. You, like right. I, I don't think that any of my pictures that I took while I was in college have gotten half the circulation that exactly. the images on Instagram that I've posted. Exactly. And so that, is a very, very uh, fundamental change in the way that we think about images. And, right. and I think that there will be a revision of the academic discussions that we have, that we learned. Yeah, I think it's going, yeah, yeah. I think it's going, I mean, the, I mean, I was curious, I, I should have quizzed her more. I just met a uh, younger student at SVA who had gone, of, was in the, I mean, she just left SVA. But anyway, she, she was talking about being a photography student. But I think a lot of the same teachers are there. I just wonder how they're contending yeah. <laughs> with the changes. I mean, now That's they interesting. have now they have a. I mean, I think the the because I sw- switched from photo to film because I've always always in between those two things. Now they have a thing that's like new, me- you know, photography yeah. and related related media. Because, I mean, in a funny way, you know, the sensors for a still image and a video camera are the same it's you're just making a kind of choice whether you want to still like the live photo yeah, quote yeah. unquote live photo really calls this out yeah, yeah like you know whether it's a video or a still image doesn't matter to the sensor necessarily mm. you know it's um that's like a that's how that's what you're trying to express whether you want to express it in a video or a still and even instagram now you know obviously shows videos yeah they do funny things like making it a minute there's all these funny things, but, um, yeah, that is, that, that could be a whole episode in and of itself. Like how does an image change or, or a little video clip change depending on how long you give it? I mean, yeah. Insta- Instagram for a while held on to the semi, the signif- the square frame, which is yeah. a reference to a 
yeah. you know, there was hipster. There was a couple other apps at the same time that didn't survive. But um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, this site. Um, yeah. Oh shoot! I feel like I lost my thread a little bit. Um, yeah, the academic study. I feel like I I totally lost well, my thread. So then. yeah, I'll, I'll uh, um, <laughs> jump in. I'll, save yeah, me. Yeah. No. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll help you because this is what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Um, Go for I it. don't. When you're talking about those teachers, I think that they must be able to contend sometimes because it's still like even these ideas that I'm having mm-hmm. are still within the structure of academic like I'm just looking at the past and saying like hey when camera when, when one hour photos were uh, places were a thing it became more accessible now digital cameras make oh, it even right. easier so everybody has access right. to it and, and in, so, in a lot of ways to me I mean and I could be you know for me photography has always kind of been a democrat well you know the yeah. Kodak the brownie you know the, the, it is a sort of democratizing technology yeah and 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 uh, especially because it gives everybody the power to make an image that reflects the real world uh, which is a mm-hmm. powerful thing to be able to do because mm-hmm. with that you can just Right. You you can create illusion, essentially. Yeah. And 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 mm-hmm. so, yeah. So it's interesting. It, and and then I think it also like on a broader scale. Just I I don't know why he came into my head, but look at Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this whole record of his life, and we knew he was cantankerous and whatnot, uh, mm. a, a, a bit of a misanthrope. But I never saw that level of pain, right? Because that's not something that his brand for to use a word what was part of his brand it was his brand was not about suffering his brand was mm. very much about going out interacting with people making connections and stuff and when you see someone like that harm themselves like that you see the discrepancy because that seems like a person that's got a, a his shit together he's got a, a a great life and all of that but you don't yeah. necessarily get an insight into like and obviously suicide is a, is is a yeah. is a mental illness uh is a result of mental illness but did you really know that he was mentally ill before he hurt well he himself? put out that you know he 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 he, he i'm not that familiar no, with his career. He, he had detailed his uh in his, in his, in his books, books and things like that yeah i mean to me to me what that makes me think about you know again just in terms of of brand and what that means and i mean first of all this is a this is a person whose brand was irl in real life experiences yeah. but that everyone experienced via the screen yeah exactly. so you know he was bringing this sort of uh you know and i've been very lucky to like you know be in southeast asia and kind of you know because he loves these kind of this kind of like um i feel like he always he took president obama to this kind of certain kind of like a little dinery Mm -hmm. you know kind of experience with a lot of noise and amazing smells and he's describing so it's this kind of it's this funny thing that you're talking about a person who's whose whose brand was so much about getting out into the world and and uh mixing it up with real people tasting the food smelling the smells but the process but of, the, but of the reception was, but the reception was all via you was know passive. was was via the screen and and that's you know that's that's part of that delivery it's interesting to me that you know that he, yeah that he would be so troubled underneath i mean or who knows what happened yeah um but uh no and, and all all yeah. my sympathies i hope i didn't come off no, like no, I was, no, no, but no, but no. like no like mm. but that's i think that goes to 
that level of education that Mm -hmm. like, like, um, and the information that, you you know, that informs the way that people, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, professional productions informs the way that amateurs do things and then amateurs inform the way. So it's this cyclical thing that's really fascinating as well. That is fascinating. You know, I think, yeah, I think right now, again, phone makers and other, other makers of this kind of technology are trying to tune their lenses to read towards the tools of quote unquote professionals. Professionals. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you know, professionals are shooting handheld video. You know, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's funny things that, you know, because I'm still of the mind that if, you know, in terms of my <laughs> cinematic dogma, unless you, unless you're literally talking about like a dogma film from the nineties that is like calling out the process of making a film with you know what that is? Do you know what the dogma 95 films were? They were like, no, they were, they were like around the ad. They were just, it was like um, a group of filmmakers who had decided to, you know, not use uh, sync sound or, I mean, not, not sync sound, but just additional special effects, basically like the idea that they would have a camera and actors and that would be the whole thing. Uh You know, so any effects had to happen in camera. Oh, so yeah. It's all handheld. Yeah, yeah. It's all handheld, right? And did so, they edit in camera? No, they, okay. yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was like I think they the called set designers would have right fucking now. and the prop people continuity would have been well. A part of that, I mean, there was you should look it up. There was you know they they had these whole they had these whole vows you know that the sets would be what they found on. There was a, it was an interesting it was it was an interesting experiment. This is in ninety five. Yeah, I guess okay. so. Dogma ninety five, but uh, um. That that calls out explicitly to me the action of the of the of the camera and the hardware. It, you know, it's like um, so these kind of like, but this handheld thing that made it its way into movies and things mm-hmm. like that, to me is always so distracting because it calls attention to me the cameraman, yeah, the yeah, camera yeah. when it. You know, it's, but it's like deployed semiotically as like a look. It's like, oh, this is documentary look. It's like, well, is there a documentary? Is there, I used to watch that uh, Battlestar Galactica show, the remake, and it used to drive me nuts because they would shoot the space battles with zooms and like fake (laughs) shake. And it's like, is there an astronaut out there? Like floating around (laughs) filming the space? It was like, it always drove me nuts. I'm like, what are they trying to, what, like, yeah, it was so fascinating to me. And then they would also reuse the same clips of of, uh, of space. And you're like, didn't I just see? because <laughs> it was so expensive to, to render that. yeah but you know but it's just but to me that's that's part of that travel of the language visual language coming around circling around handheld becoming have you seen that clip of, bad and uh, then good yeah. have, have you seen that clip of uh where they put nicholas cage's face in uh, on amy adams's face it's like oh, man. They, the algorithms for face swaps deep are, fakes are, are getting so good now it's going to be interesting because I, I think it's it's an ever-evolving... Nobody's it's, ready. Yeah, it, it's it like we are going to be able to trust images less and less. But that, I think, goes back to the... You know, I think we're the quote-unquote millennial rece- receiver of an image. Like, we really... I feel like I need... In a, I have some sort of weird need for an image to be a fact, to report back because it's... Because it's, I can't be there at a time of war. I can't be there during a hearing on the Senate. Like, you know, it's like, I, I, I need somewhere in me for that image to be true. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think the, the millennial receiver I'm, I'm giving them, I think they're going to have that sort of new sincerity read on something where they're like, well, this is a truth. You know what I mean? And even though people have been, 
again, people have been interpreting images like this for a long time, but I think, I think there's a mechanical, again, it's that, it's that sort of screen native assumption where they're not even beginning with the idea that the image is true. And I'm, again, mm. I'm, I'm talking about some mythical 12 year old that I don't even no, know. But, I do, I, I but think, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when, even to go back to all the, back to the idea of not cropping, of burning your print. So you could be like, I didn't crop this. This yeah. is a true image. Like, you know, it's um, where this, this, the sort of belief around images already comes, even though it's not a new idea, mm. it's, 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 because of the mechanical reality of living on a screen, it's become an accept more of an accepted idea where, where you start off with the idea that I know images are lies. Yeah. So what truth are they telling me? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, that's not a new idea. That's an old idea as long as photography has been around, but yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's more, it's, you know, I'll admit, I don't look at an image. I think because of how I was raised to receive them or even document, you know, footage, I think I'm, I'm, still fooled you know i i believe it's first first truth or it's connotative truth where uh you know i think a more savvy image consumer person who grew up with you know because because they're going to grow up with deep fakes where they're like well i don't even believe this actor's real or yeah and then how's that gonna like that that's just gonna make the political discourse even fucking more well that's really i mean to (laughs) me which we don't have to get into i mean i mean to me that's really unsettling and terrifying Um, you know, Adobe, I, I always think of like the Jurassic Park, uh, they thought so much about if they could, they didn't realize, yeah, <laughs> if, if they, they should, should, you know, it's like this technology. Oh, there's, there's definitely <laughs> a lot of that going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, you, you listen to the, the Singularity episodes, so Bill Joy's all over that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, he's, he, he's, 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 yeah, and, oh, and he said that too, didn't he? I mean, I think that's really apt. I mean, you know, like Adobe demoing a thing where you can take a snippet of somebody's voice and type something out and it'll speak back. Yeah, that's fucking scary The dialogue. Shit. And like, and they're yeah. so excited about it, but it's like, cause it's very smart. People think of the world in terms of problems, not morality. Yeah. And, and yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although there's always the, the marketing genius is like, Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> I know what sinister uses we can put that to. Right. And again, I mean, again, yeah. I mean, again, just to get back to terms of resolution or these kind of metaphorical ideas of the screen, it's like, you know, even listening to that Google demo of where they had that assistant call. Did you see that? No. So Google demoed this technology that has since kind of come into question. But, you know, it was basically like you would you would tell your Google assistant, you know, I want to get a haircut at 2 mm-hmm. p.m. And the, the system would call, actually make a phone call to a hair salon. This is what they demoed. And sound like a human. Oh, not like you though. No, no, no. Okay. It would say, it would <laughs> that would say, be fucking worse. It said, "Hi, this is so and so. You know, I'd like to make an appointment for like it was an assistant." Wow. And and again, to think of this idea of resolution, like it it would while it was processing allegedly, it would go um. Uh. It, would, it would do these things that were, you know, and they played these tapes of this of this system supposedly making a real you know, talking to a real human, uh-huh. you know, and making a real appointment, you know, and getting contextual, uh, questions like, well, 1130 doesn't work. Does noon work? Yeah. You know, and then it's querying back the system. But so that's the idea of resolution. Yeah. Um, and, that's fucked uh, up. And that, you, well, that's, I mean, that, made they, me these so are, these are ethics. Does it, does it have to disclose? Is there like, do you know, yeah. where, where are our laws? 
So these are all things that are scary to me and you maybe, but, but maybe not to someone who's just used to it. Yeah. Yeah. They know to, they know to question any call they get. It's like when my mother gets a pop-up on her phone that says your phone is being scanned and has a thousand viruses. Like I know to ignore it. Yeah. I know that's not real. Yeah. But she's freaked out. Yeah. (laughs) And then also like, uh, the other difference is like their generation was very skeptical about being open and and giving away too much information. I think that might be because of the cold war. But, um, but nowadays it's like, it's just like, oh yeah, this is just the way of the world. Like all the information. And then, uh, like I'm definitely privacy is fascinating. Well, yeah, that raises interesting questions that are off topic, but yeah. uh, (laughs) But yeah, do you have anything you want to add? Any, anything, anything Uh, you left out? No, I feel like we really ranged, we we ranged all over the map. I hope we got two hours. That's, this is another two parter. I'm excited. I'd just like to apologize to No, no, (laughs) no, no. I'd like to end with an apology. You. If possible. (laughs) Get a thank you from me because now I have more banked episodes. (laughs) Oh man. All right. So, well, thank you very much for being on the show. Do you have anything? Thank you very much. Particularly you want to plug? Um, you know, um, you can check me out on Instagram. Find me on my uh, uh, Nathan.Gulick, G-U-L-I-C-K. You can find me on Instagram. And, um, you know, I'm going to have a show in Copenhagen in this great space called uh, C4 Projects. Oh, nice. In uh, Denmark, which is awesome, in May of 2019. And cool. Are you, only... are you sh- showing photographs? or? It's yeah. It's gonna have a lot to do with um, with image collection. It's it's a thing I w- I would have yeah. It's it's kind of uh, when I was uh, in my twenties and ended up back at home for a minute. There was a kind of room in my basement where kind of things were collected and mm. were gathered, and I kind of began documenting them as a sort of personal archaeology, and ending up with this strange set of photographs um, that I took with like an Olympus, you know? oh, wow. <laughs> an old digital camera. Um, you know, that has like my hand in the frame. I ended up with this kind of odd set of images. Um, and so, um, so the project is essentially conflating the idea of a, of a waiting room or a professional room, which is kind of a generic space Mm -hmm. where people are kind of together, but alone, you know, kind of in, you know, you know, at a doctor's office per se, it's kind of trying to have as much privacy privacy as possible collected together conflated with what I'm calling like a room in waiting, which is this kind of private room or kind of a private archaeology. So I'm going to be, the the project is loosely kind of making this kind of generic space, but kind of uh, a way of, uh, as a vehicle for my own personal narrative or personal history. Nice. How are so, you? How's your timeline? Are you, are you, well, are you <laughs> on schedule for the deadline or? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> if, if C4 is listening, everything is going <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you, thank you so st- much. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate all the work you've done. Uh, yeah. Okay. Where do I, uh, how do I stop Video this? games now. <laughs> <laughs>